0: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a
1: month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
2: It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard, and get ready for an hour of nothing The NRL tour. And back for another week of the fifth and last NRL podcast. And uh, finally, after weeks of recording at midnight here, there, everywhere, floods and night shift, we've got Dean on from the NRL Roast. Welcome, mate.
1: How are we, boys? Uh, Thanks very much for having me on. Much
2: appreciated. Mate, great to have you on. And anybody out there, unless you've been living under a rock, you've obviously heard of the NRL Roast Instagram, Twitter, Twitter. Facebook, huge numbers on the social media there, mate. Plenty of good content in particular. Uh, I enjoy anything to do with KFC, hangovers, and multis, as I'm sure most <laughs> people do. Uh, and also, you love a bet, which plenty of our listeners do. So you're definitely right up our alley. Well, it almost sort of goes hand in hand with with footy
1: these days. It's um, you know sitting down having a, having a beer, having a having a pint and. Um, most Sundays you're uh, filling up on KFC after a big Saturday night, so that's uh, that's what I love about um, the page, getting that sort of stuff out there,
2: mate. And the page itself, obviously, been super successful. Like I said, really good content, plenty of people on board. Is it is it full time for you or? Um,
1: it, well, it is still it's still a, a side side hustle. Um, I, I don't sort of make anything from the page, but I've, I've been lucky enough that. Um, a couple of years ago, I, I um, sort of went out uh, on my own and, and started doing some, some content for, for some companies and have turned, uh, content creation into, into a full-time job. But, um, the, the page itself, yeah, and no, it still, uh, doesn't make any money. Um, but. You know, I spend enough time on it. It's still still a hobby. I still love it. I still love interacting with all the fans and, and guys like you guys and other sort of podcasts and all that sort of stuff and, and the whole footy community. So, you know, I'll keep doing it. it. Hopefully it might turn into something in the future where I, where I earn some coin.
2: But uh, at the moment, no, it's just just a bit of fun. Well, I'm sure we we'll all agree. Me and Brock have said it a few times. It's some of the best content, uh, you know, as far as we're concerned, social media-wise talk-wise, podcasts, videos, is done by the punters who love the game more so than a lot of the mainstream these days. There's less agendas. There's just a genuine care and passion for the game. So uh, good Absolutely. on
1: you. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, and when you guys reach out, I'm, I'm you know, um, sorry we haven't, you know, caught up sooner, but you guys have been going. I spoke to um, the guys at the uh, the Cumberland Throw, Eels um, boys, you know, guys like you guys have been doing it for, you know, 10-plus years, um, you know, Podcasts and getting content out there for your fans and and, and fans of rugby league in general. So um, you guys, you know, like you said, you don't have agendas. You can come on here, you can say whatever the, you know the hell you want. I don't know if I can say S and C's, but I'm pretty sure I can. Yeah, and, you, right. know, you, you don't have you don't have that agenda. You don't have anyone t- down your throat saying you can't can't say this, you can't say that. You're just saying it because you want to say it and and um, entertain the fans. So you know it's a bit cliche, but you, you, the saying from um, Kevin Durant, you guys are the real
2: MVPs. <laughs> Classic. One from his mum. I love that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, last few ones before we get going, I guess, uh, and more into the football side of things. How's your betting going? Are you getting some winners or what? Or are you suffering like a lot of the punters out there?
1: Uh, mate, you very rarely find a successful punter out here with, with us. But, no, nah, mate, I, I, I dabble a little bit. Um, you know, uh, Break even every now and then, but I don't think I've made many withdrawals in, in my time. But um, this year, no, nothing. I, every time I, I normally, you know, I love a, an overs bet, and every time I send it back, and they, it's those games that go under. So, mm. um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm a shock and punter. So, yeah, I'll, I'll throw a few tips out there later for you guys, but I take them with a grain of salt.
2: All oh, good. And the last two I've got here, most importantly. I'm pretty sure I've heard before on SCN and other bits, you're from Parks, mate, the Mighty Spaceman, if I'm correct?
1: The Mighty Spaceman, yeah. I um, I born uh, just down the road in Forbes, the uh, Forbes Magpies, home of the uh, Forbes Ferrari, Charlie Staines. Yep. But, um, spent spent my you know teenage years uh, here in Parks and, and my, all my footy years here in here in Parks with the Spaceman and... Um, was lucky enough to be involved uh, on the on the board side the last uh, a couple of years ago and stuff and helping out with their social media and uh, filming of the games and all involvement in, in and around the game. So, um, yeah, no, it's been been good and I, I love it out here in the country. I've got a, a missus and uh, two, little, two little girls, so I won't have to follow them through footy. I don't think they don't have too much of an interest in it, but as much as I've tried to push it onto them, but... Um, Ah uh, yeah,
0: yeah, country boy and I love it, Eddie. Your um, your favourite Mounties player is from Forbes. Who's that? Big Jack
2: dub, Jack, Yeah, Jack, Jack Hartwig. Jack Hartwig. All right, there you go. Come, oh, it's country. his oh, country, country, country cheese from Forbes. He's from Forbes, mate. Dead set. He played on the weekend. Uh, I was out there watching. He's. I call him Country Cheese. He plays like Brandon Smith. Yeah, who's that? Sorry, Jack, Jack
1: Hartwig. Jack Hartwig. So, yeah. From uh, Red Bend, I think. Was yeah, it? In, yeah. In, yeah, yeah. He um. Nothing's originally, like, much as, you know, we'll claim him as one of the guys out here. Red Bend's a boarding school, so he mightn't have been originally from Forbes, but yeah. played his, played his um, juniors and bit of seniors out at, at Red Bend, so yeah.
0: He's as country as they come, old Jackie. Yeah, I like
1: that, the country cheese.
2: Legend, yeah. Mate, he's country cheese. I watched it the other week and said to Brock, because he's coaching the side, dead set, who's the little cheese clone? He's sticking his head where most people wouldn't put their hands. Yeah. He's out of control. But, uh, there you go. Lastly, most importantly for a lot of people out there, they like to know who who people support. They think we're both weird because we go for the Storm and the Titans. Who makes you suffer every week? Who do you go for?
1: Mate, the, the red and whites, the uh, the Dragons.
2: Oh, so, no. <laughs> yeah, but, you poor bugger. Well, yeah, well, you no, know, we, had, we had the
1: 2010, which is a, a great year, but um, a bit of pain either side of that. Um, my, my old man was a Dragons, dragons man, so... Um, got me onto him in the in the nineties, so I suffered through you know four grand final defeats in the in the nineties, and um, I, sh- I should have jumped on. Uh, well, not now, but my grandfather was a bulldog supporter. I probably would have had a bit more success in the nineties with them and uh, into the two thousands. But um, no, nah, you're yeah, dragon supporter. Been there, thanks to my dad. So, well, there
2: you go. So there you go for anyone out there. Bit more information on Dean. Well, let's jump into it, mate. The competition. So far this year, just some general thoughts, I guess for a lot of people coming into the preseason, no one's really surprised by the Storm, the Panthers, the Eels, Souths and the Roosters, who, you know, despite a few of them, in particular the Roosters having some hurdles uh, with some injuries, Souths are dealing with it now, but have got some wins on the board. No real surprises there. Uh, The bottom end, I guess, similar deal. A lot of the teams that are down the bottom haven't surprised, but I don't think a lot of people expected such a glut of teams in the middle and the fact that, you know, a team like Canberra who's going through an absolute turbulent time right now and has so much swirling around them are literally two points still out of the eight after nine rounds. Is, is there anyone that surprised you and impressed you or is there, is there anything, uh, anyone who's really disappointed you besides say a Canberra? Look,
1: I know you said like the, the storm, uh, you know, are surprising where they are and, and it, it is the, the whole club, but we, how many times we say, like, you know, they lose, they lost, you know, uh, Kip Cronk, Billy Slater, and now Cameron Smith, and every time they do, it's like they're going to regress, they're going to regress, and, you know, well, I think they've lost two games up up, up in the top top three. So, well, you know, it is just surprising how they keep on doing it year on, year out, and just keep on imp- almost improving. It's, it's like, you know, they, they lose a superstar, but, the the way that they just bring these guys up like, you know, all the way Munster's developed and Papenhausen and um, Jerome Hughes, you know, just surprised that they they, you know, beating a team, even though Souths were down a few players, to beat them 50-0 was phenomenal, so yeah, a little surprised that they're you know, just continue to do so well, even after losing um, Cameron Smith. Um, Panthers, you know, not surprising that they're undefeated, but It's just phenomenal, you know. Um, The way that they're doing it and the way they're going about it um, is is just, I I thought it was really um, surprising. Um, Manly, the last few weeks have um, really impressed me. Like, they've gone from wooden spoon contenders to almost a certainty in the top eight, thanks to their number one. Um, He's just a freak. So, look, I'd probably say, you know, Manly's probably been the most surprising how they've they've overturned it. Um, They've gone from... Um, team, you know, getting getting beat very well, and, and only just beating the Warriors to now, you know, turning it around to to matching it with the Panthers a couple of weeks ago, and and
2: and continue, they'll continue to push forward. So yeah, I'd, I'd say Manly. Yeah, well, they've got on a good run after I think they set historical numbers defensively as far as how bad they were going. So huge turnaround there, and I, I'm a Melbourne man. Like you said, I, I'm surprised as well. I put them outside the top four this year, just thinking that the origin period and not having Harry and Dale Finucane and a few guys at the start of the year, they might struggle to gel, but it just doesn't seem to matter. They roll guys in and out every week. You've had Papanausen out for a little bit now. You've had Harry Grant roll out. Munster's going to be missing this week and Harry Grant again, but they've just continued to roll along. And um, I guess like we said, for the bottom end, I don't think anyone's really surprised about a few of the clubs that are lingering down there, but Player-wise, there's a lot of guys that have obviously stood out this year. You've just mentioned one. Tommy, after he's got back, there's been Pappenhausen, Cleary, Latrell before his suspension. Uh, there's been some Ripper rookies, Dane Laurie, Reece Walsh we've seen, Sam Walker, Josh Schuster. Is there any players in particular that have impressed you it's, this year?
1: Geez, the rookies the last few years have been phenomenal, haven't they? Like, what do we, you know, Crichton last year and, um, yeah, like you said, Dane Laurie and... and um, Sammy Walker this year is just phenomenal. But um, I like uh, Isaiah Papali at uh, the Eels. Um, the way he's, just, he's jumped up and sort of gone, gone to the next level with the Eels is just, for me, really entertaining to watch. I, I, I like players um, that sort of entertain you. Like, um, you know, as much as you, I, I'm, a, I'm a big guy, I love the forwards, doing all the hard work in the, in the background, but those those players on the edge are, you know, entertain as well. So I, I like um, Isaiah Papali and... Um, The Panthers, uh, you almost pick anyone out of their team, but um, Brian Toho and um, Jerome Luai, another two that have just taken that next step. Um, You know, I think someone said with Jerome Luai, he's said something about defensive or, you know, there was aspects in his game that he needed to improve. He went in the off-season and improved. them and he's just come out this year, you know, leading try assist at the moment, contender for number six for New South Wales and just, again, phenomenal uh, entertaining player to watch. So here's
2: yeah, some of the guys that, uh, that stood out for me. Well, i tell you what, we live in Penrith and uh, haven't been to some of the home games from the time we've grown up. It's 2003 all over again, but on steroids. The year after, they were pretty uh, pretty competitive and crowds were big. But I think a combination of having so many locals like 03 then having the COVID lockout, Last year, like Thursday night games, even when things are going well here, you could generally just walk in every game so far, mind you, with slight restrictions. Have been sold out. It's been absolute madness. Uh, I think we agree with you, and most people out there, I'm sure, are enjoying watching the Penrith Panthers play. That's for sure.
1: I think um to for me being being out here in the, in the Central West, I'm a bit of a soft spot for the Panthers. Um, they spend you know so much time and and money. And in development out here, um, especially in, uh, Dubbo, Bathurst and Forbes. They've got, they've got centers here for, for up and comers and, and, you know, they're always coming out here, bringing development, um, uh, structures and bringing games and stuff out here. Uh, we've got so many juniors, uh, Billy Burns from the past base when he debuted for the, for the Panthers. You've got Charlie Staines, Matt Burton, Charlie's from Forbes, Matty Burton's from Dubbo, um, yeah, you know, a heap of those guys from out here, um, and it's just you know it's almost like a bit of a load. Like as much as penance looking at them, watching these guys come up from juniors and and play together in in twenties and jersey flag, and then into first grade, it's got that family feel. For us out here, it's the same same sort of thing. We're watching these guys sort of cheering them on. You know, hoping they do well, even, you know, even when they, dare I say, when they play the Dragons, I'm not angry. It's like when they beat us <laughs> or flog us. It's, you know, because you're watching these guys that, you know, I, could, I helped coach a team that played against Matty Burton and Charlie's teams and watching them carve up our juniors, it was like, as much as you hated watching the guys dejected in the sheds after them putting 50 points on you, you were still like, you know, holy shit, these guys are going to be special. So, you know, watching them now, it's just, yeah you know, so so good to watch.
2: Feelings
0: mutual. Were they um belted us in New South Wales Cup <laughs> three weeks ago, I think it was. Matt Burton
2: just yeah. they undefeated in New South Wales Cup as yeah. well? Yeah, and yeah. And even with the COVID on the weekend, Brock obviously felt the pinch. Uh, he's at Mounties, who well linked to the Bulldogs and used to be at Penrith, but uh, obviously they rolled in. I think eight Jersey flag kids. Half there on Massey side, and still racked up forty points on Newtown. So things are going very, very well, and uh, I think. The point that you've just talked about in that area and a lot of things that we give to a lot of listeners here and insight to junior development and what clubs do and some of the pathways. Brock, you've seen firsthand from your time at Panthers, you did a couple of the trips out for the satellite camps. For Yeah, uh...
0: we used to go, it was always the Monday of the Masters, the last round of the Masters mm-hmm. of the school holidays. We used to go uh, Bathurst um, and then we'd go Dubbo uh, and then I think we'd go... Orange or Forbes or one of the one or the other but we go and run uh, a one-day clinic at all of them on the Monday Tuesday Wednesday and then do the same again uh, the following school holiday so uh, yeah I've been on plenty of those development trips and done a lot of coaching out there as have a lot of coaches at Penrith but you can see the fruits of it now I remember when we first went out there that all the um, all the kids that have different jerseys on and they all sort of went for someone different I know Gus was pretty firm on you know, making sure that they all end up going for the Panthers and giving plenty of gear and giving plenty of love. So it's it's worked a treat like they they've been out there doing it for a decade on now. So um, it was always going to pay off. But to his credit, he played the long game and they got a shitload of juniors coming through now. As much as hate
1: as much hate as as Gus gets for you know some of the stupid shit he says in commentary, what, the way he's gone about the administrative side with with the Panthers and. Especially out here, it's
0: yeah. He's amazing. he's an expert and in yeah. that field. That that's his that's oh, his absolutely, field. Yeah,
1: absolutely. You know, and I, it's going to be amazing what what. Um, hopefully, you know, he sticks in and you know, let's say he spends you know the next five years or something with
0: with the Warriors and just what what he could do with with them. Couldn't agree more. Yeah,
2: yeah. And we we talked about this pre. He's going to help.
0: He's going to help the international game more than he's going to help oh, the Warriors. Yeah, he'll help New Zealand yeah, yeah, rugby yeah. league internationally. I
2: think. Hmm. And. Sad for them because pre COVID they just broke into SG ball. We're about to go there a week before the lockdown started last year. That a red I'm glad, hot. I'm side. Glad we did nothing yeah, there. I'm glad we didn't go. Well, we're gonna get absolutely dismantled by <laughs> Goro from Mortal Kombat. But the poor buggers had probably ten future first graders coming and as soon as COVID hit and they got locked down, half the team got cherry picked by other NRL clubs. So um, like you said, having somebody like him there with Nathan Brown, Peter O'Sullivan, good recruit manager fingers crossed they can get it back on track because there was seriously some good fruit starting to be bared there. But uh, hopefully they're set up long term because they're very important uh, to the survival of the game development and possibly expansion with the second team being mooted in the future in New Zealand again. So uh, there you go. But I guess most importantly for a lot of people out there, mate, betting. We all love a bet. Like you said before, your, your favourite sometimes is the overs. I'm a bit of a deviant for an any time try scorer. Boxhead he's a bit smarter than me in that regard. He's uh, Yeah, I like to
0: pick my own line or pick my own total. So but I yeah, I, yeah. I, I rarely bet.
2: Good yeah the you know,
1: the old same game multi, like throwing in a yeah. um you know, if if a team's got um you know five and a half point start or something, you might just, you know, bump it up to, to nine or ten or something. I know you're taking you know, instead of the dollar ninety you might only be getting a dollar forty, a dollar thirty or something like that, but chuck it in with a you know, if you've got a lock for a try score, you still get around that
2: 3 or $4 mark. So yeah. you've got you cover yourself. But yeah, look, um, I don't know, do you guys want to start or do you want me to throw out? Uh... Go for gold. Magic Round, we go with uh, bluebet.com, our old favourite, because they support our charity account and donate to Bears of Hope. So uh, we've got some odds here. Thanks to bluebet.com.au. Get on the website today or download the app. What do you like for Magic Round? What do you got for us and the listeners?
1: Actually, um, yeah, I like a couple of upsets. Um, very, the very first one I like, the um, very first game of the Magic round is uh, the Tigers. At, um, I'm not sure what, what Bluebet's got them, but um, around that 260 mark.
2: Yep, 255, um, you get there. Yeah, I, I like them. Either
1: you take them head-to-head or, or uh, 1-12. Um, to I think about 370, 375. Yep. yep. I just, I, you know... I see, see a bit of value in them. They've won four of their last um, six against against the Knights. Um, you know, neutral venue. There's no. There'll, there'll be a big crowd there for, the, for that Friday night with the, the Broncos playing in the in the second game. I just I, I don't know. I, I don't mind the Tigers. Um, They've been a bit rough like last few weeks, and I just think the, the Knights have been as well. So I think um, I think they're due for a, for a big win, and and I think they'll get over the Knights.
2: Fair enough. So, good odds there. Like you said, if you like the head-to-head, it's 255 of Bluebet. 380, if you like the 1-12. to And uh, they've certainly had the wood in recent times. They obviously had that upset at the start of the year when Newcastle was rolling. And I can think back to maybe the last couple of years, any time they seem to have gone, especially, to play Newcastle at Newcastle, they've seemed to have uh, got the upper hand on them. So, some good value there. Uh, What else you got for us?
1: Dare I say... um... You know, this might be a bit biased because I'm a dragons, dragons. <laughs> but um, you know, with I think uh, storm have lost Munster. they lost Grant and um, the Chiefs um, today. So, you know, I just I just think you know, they they're a class outfit. Don't get me wrong, but I see I see the dragons price at, at around five fifty or over five bucks, and to me, that's just. You know, value. So uh, they've got 16 and a 16.5 start as well. So whether you just want to take the, the star throw it in a multi. Um, but I, I'd, I'd be daring and take the Dragons at 550 head-to-head.
2: Mate, I don't blame you. Being a Melbourne man, I sat there today and was looking at the lineup, wondering what they were doing. I thought they might have uh, had Nico, Hughes, and possibly Cooper and push Jackson to nine. They've named Kenny there, whether there's a late reshuffle. and They've obviously got Smoothie on the bench. I think the issue is not going to be forward, pack, and back line. I think they'll still defend well. They'll still roll upfield. But you take out the majority of your spine, in particular losing both the hookers. And I see he's got Pappenhausen in the 21. I'm not sure if you bother risking him this week. So I, I, I'm with you there. I, I wouldn't go heavy on it. But 575 on blue bed, even if you threw a tenner. But for good multi-value, the start, you're 100% right. 16.5 points. I think that's a, a good one to chuck in at $1.90. Yeah, I
1: think, that for me the sixteen. i think the dragons will see it as you know um you know, if they can probably get in and score a couple you know early um and hang in there they'll they'll definitely cover that um 16 and a half so i don't know maybe it's you know the like i said the bias in me and and want to see them do well but i think they'll see it a bit of a depleted side and and think you know we can get it here and and keep fighting them if they you know do lose um then i don't think it'll be more than 17 points so that's why i'd be throwing the um yeah the the start in, in the multi so but uh that, that's probably the the two uh, I'll, I'll throw a couple of stick with the upsets for you
2: no worries and i there. people like value we like the value bet the 575 like you said pretty uh pretty large considering the whole spot
0: that, that'll only come in though so yeah. if you're going to get on i get on now
2: yeah, well,
1: a quick question, you, you were speaking about Papineaus. Do you think he'll start or you, you think that you think they'll just hold him out thinking, you know what, we probably don't, like, you know, as, as big as he is and as, as good he would would be in the game. But I think, you know, Nico Hines has is, is probably, you know, done enough Just yeah, just leave not, him there and, and if, let him have another week off.
0: If he's not 100%, yeah, you'd definitely give him the extra week, wouldn't you?
1: And
2: I think, similar to your point there, you, you're already missing the majority of all those players. Do you think it's worth risking him even if he is just ready to go? Like, it's... They've travelled up to the Sunshine Coast. They're away for a few weeks. You've got all those other guys out now. They're saying potentially to Origin 1. They've got off to a good start, even with Harry missing multiple games, Pappenhausen missing multiple games, uh, Brandon Smith now suspended, and uh, Munster's obviously about to miss a couple. Finucane's missed a couple. I just think with a good start they've had, you roll in with the team. Who plays see if you can get the job done. Uh, they've got Kenny Bromwich there, but they got Smoothie on the bench. There might be a shuffle, but... Yeah. I just wouldn't risk him. They've they've chalked up some good wins. I'd roll in with the team you've got right now and just hope that you can defend your way to an ugly win and back that forward pack, which has been absolutely outstanding. it's almost like a bit of a play. It could be a play from the
1: coach, like we're under undermanned. Go out there and and grind it out. And you know, if they if they get that win, that'll you know steal them for the next you know for the rest of the season, knowing that you know if we go
2: a few men down, we can still get the job done. So, mate. We love an upset. Punters love an upset. So there you go. That's the, that's the two you've got. You got nothing else. You got no try scorers or anything else. You're looking at. Oh
1: uh, no, no! I'll just I'll stick with those. I haven't had a haven't had a good run over the um the try scorers yet. But um, I'll, I'll just stick with those two upsets.
2: Mate, well, there you go. Everybody out there, you've got the juice early from Dean. Mate, we really appreciate you coming on. And I'm sorry it's taken this long. And uh, like I said, in weeks to come, hopefully we get some chances again in the earlier time slot. Not our kooky midnight talks that we seem to have where people see us get way off the rails but for everybody out there like I said you've been living under a rock if you've not found the pages yet at the NRL Roast on Facebook Instagram Twitter and you've obviously got the blog and the website nrlroast.com still appearing on SEN at times as well
1: yeah mate I just um, they called me up I've spoken to uh, uh, Brooksy a bit and, and he just you know wants a bit of a social update see what's happening around the traps what the the fans are saying so I'm more than happy to sort of get on there and be I suppose that um, in between person between you know those guys and, and the fans so uh, yeah I love it and, and sort of you know love getting that, that voice out there
2: well mate appreciate it again great to finally have a chat and uh, look forward to having you on in the weeks to come everybody like we said jump on those pages support the NRL Roast and uh, thanks for coming on mate
1: uh, appreciate your time boys and like yeah we'll catch up soon and, and have another chat Thanks, buddy. Too easy. See you boys.
2: And there you go. It's taken a little bit. It's been a crazy few weeks, but we finally got to have a chat to Dean from the NRL Roast. Big thanks for him for coming on. And like I said, if uh, you aren't following his socials, you've probably been living under a rock. He's massive on Instagram, Facebook, and obviously Twitter, 100,000 plus on both, at the NRL Roast. Good chat, Boxhead. Yeah, it good. Nice to uh, get back some of our days with Keithy. Not as loose with the Italian bathwater and all the bits and pieces, but I'm sure over time and a few more chats... It'll only get better. Mm. But always good to talk to fellow rugby league lovers. But kicking us off for another week of the fifth and last NRL podcast, our set of six box had six topics, opinions, anything we sort of want to talk about. And tackle number one, halves getting hooked. Poor old Kyle Flanning on the weekend. It hasn't been the greatest of starts at the Canterbury Bulldogs. And we spoke about it when they made the move, that it was definitely going to be difficult moving to that situation as opposed to the Roosters. Um, Trent Barrett on the weekend seems like he lost patience. He hooked him in that game. In all honesty, I don't think they have many other options. And we, we said it at the start, you sign him on a three-year deal, you know about the roster situation you're sort of dealing with right now. You need to get him through the year, keep his head up and wait until you get Burton and hopefully some other guys on board. So I, I don't agree with the move, especially with the cattle they've got. But what are your thoughts?
0: Oh, look, I thought I, I thought the selection of Lachlan Lewis... Said, more than that, enough. it was in his in his mind. In Trent Barrett, I'm talking about. But I then thought that Kyle Flanagan probably did a few things during the game that justified Barrett pulling the hook out. Like I think he kicked the ball out on the full on play Playing one, one. In the
2: ball, zero tackle. Lead. Um, yeah, it's a
0: difficult one because I'm a firm believer that you need to back your halves. Did that? Did what Kyle Flanagan? Did cost them a game, no. I don't think it's I don't think there's there's gonna be much in terms of halves play that's gonna cost Bulldogs any games this year. They just they just don't have the depth. And Trent Barrett has basically acknowledged that, that it's it's gonna be another tough year until they can roll over some players and get some players in and give some other guys some more NRL experience and just and build from the position that they're in currently. Uh, so I find it I find it difficult. But then again, like I'm having a, you know, obviously I'm very close with the New South Wales Cup at Mountie. So I see guys like Lock and Lewis, like they're playing really well when they come back to us and Brendan Wakeham and, and those sort of guys are doing the right thing when they come back and they're playing well and they're, they're putting their best foot forward as well. So I think at the moment that the difficulty that Trent Barrett's got is that no one's really pinning down any position. They've got a little bit of a turn roll over at Hooker because they have injuries and, you know, Deetsy's gone up and he's gone in and out a couple of times and he's now developing, I think. He's he's had now three or four first-grade starts and you can see him developing. I, I just think that, you know, signed Flanagan for, what was it, three years? So he's got two more years.
2: Pretty sure it was three years. So, so you've brought him over on a long-term You really commitment.
0: need to just stick by him and, and grind mm-hmm. it out and, and try and find someone to partner him. But we all know that the guy that's going to partner him is on his way next year, so... I, yeah, I found it difficult to watch him get upset today. I, that was that was tough. Um yeah, But look I also I also think that he players need to be dropped and players need to go back to New South Wales Cup and they need to know when they're doing the wrong thing and there needs to be accountability for poor performances. I'm just I'm just not sure that this was done the not so much the right way. Um you know, was his performance on the weekend that much worse than any other performance this year? You know, like, has he really stood out? Has he really been that glaringly bad? There's a lot There's a lot of things that if you're not internal to the situation and understand what Trent Barrett's asking him to do and, you know, is he hitting the markers and is he hitting those expectations that Trent and the coaching staff have got, it's, it's hard to know. But uh, they're just in a difficult spot.
2: They sure are, but I'm kind of with you. Like, surely when you make that move, you're looking long-term here. So you've got a young halfback who you've seen him come through the pathways. You want to pump his tyres up. You know he's coming to a hard situation, so it's going to require some love and some massage and probably a couple of pats on the back yeah, with the roster.
0: Yeah, Wakeham, and Lewis are all young halves as well. Mm. So you can't just say, well, we're just going to stick with one, particularly when you've got four guys competing. So you also need to perform. So I, oh, 100% and I, I I don't believe that because that's part of this soft generation. And when I say a soft generation, we've got the generation that they struggle to get dropped. They struggle with any adversity. They struggle to not get things straight away. Yeah. Uh, they struggle with, you know, difficult conversations. like That's the generation that we're in. I'm a firm believer that, you know, you need to be direct, honest, uh, give them plenty of feedback. Let them know why. But they, there needs to be accountability for actions as well. Mm. Um, but I, I love seeing Cole Flanagan and that emotional today because it shows that he cares. It shows that he's hurting. It shows that he wants to be a good player. He, you know, he values what he's doing for the team. He wants to be better. And it's hurting that he's not playing well. I think that's that's the best thing to come out of this was how emotional Cole Flanagan was today because he's he's passionate about playing well. He's not like one of you know. You see plenty of players dropped and. You know, they sort of go the other way. Like, I don't fucking care. Like, that's sort of the the feel you get. It was great to see him. um, You know, not great to see him in that emotional state, but great to see how passionate
2: and upset he was. And I think he spoke very well as well. He's a pro, yeah. Like he said, it obviously hurt and he was disappointed, but he accepts it and he's going to get back and he's going to work harder. And I just think for Barrett, you're in a delicate stage though, because like I said, I'm not saying you have to baby him, but you also do have to understand the situation you're in and realise They're obviously not working with the best forward pack. They're not dominating middles. You're not getting a lot of help from nine or one. You've thrown a lot on a guy who's just come from one of the best possible setups, and that's got to be a body blow when they basically shift you on for another 18-year-old. It's not saying that he wasn't a good player, but we're seeing how good Sam Walker is right now. Yeah. And they had Lamb there who they weren't keen to move off, and Hutchinson, so they made the option because of probably the money they paid him in the year they had left, that he was the old man out. Ruthless, a business decision, but I still think it's a very tender spot just for the fact of what's happened prior who you've got coming in forward and more what you said, hopefully um, he's given plenty of feedback, lots of accountability around it, video reasoning and just works him works with him through this. Just, <laughs> just throw him to the wayside, start rolling through halves and isolate him. Because I think if that's the case, I don't know where his dad ends up uh, in 12 months time or 24 months time or whatnot, but I dare say he'd be on the move again if uh, things spied out of control. But yeah, uh, one to watch that situation, that's for sure. Number two, It's uh, becoming a bit too much of a a common theme the last few weeks in terms of talking about the bunker and referee blunders, and it's continued, but more particularly, the situation that came out of the Eels game with two incidents in the one play. The Dylan Brown knees to Hutchison, which has led to an absolutely brutal injury. Tedesco slipping down, yes, but a tucked arm with Murata near Correa shot in the head. One was put on report. Both players went off. Hutchison goes to hospital. Murata. You know, for what's been going on the last few weeks, could have very well gone for 10, but didn't go for 10. Tedesco went to go for a HIA, and then at half time they informed the Roosters that that's now been put on report after watching 6 million replays, but it wasn't counted as foul play at the time, so they weren't allowed to access the 18th man in a game where they'd already lost Radley earlier on to a HIA, I'm pretty sure. So, yeah,
0: the free interchange, you're only allowed to use it before time score back on, hmm. which is I think is ridiculous. They need to look at that rule. I almost think it's, we're at the point now where it should just be if someone is sin binned or put on report for foul play, an interchange official should come over to you and say, there's an extra interchange.
2: Yeah.
0: I, it happened to St Mary's in our game on the weekend. We we had someone put on report and one of our players, so I'm saying St Mary's got darted, not us. And they they weren't able to get the change done because the referee on report blows a penalty. Afton. No, no, no. Bang. Afton. They tap and go. And then the official says yeah. to them, well, you need to do it before time's called back on. You don't have the time to do it before time's called back on. And... So it actually disadvantaged the opposition. I'm arguing for my opposition here. It happened to us two weeks ago against Fiji in a crucial situation in a game we managed to win, but I had no interchanges left. They had a player bin, put on report, and the interchange <coughs> official told me it wasn't a free interchange. There's a lot of confusion around that area of the game. To expect coaches to have players up and know, firstly whether the player who is injured does he need to come off? Does he need to have a HIA? All that, all that sort of you know admin that needs to go around that decision. It's impossible to get that done. You know, if you say it's two minutes or three minutes, you've got or five minutes, you've got to use your free interchange. I think that's probably more within the realms of um, common sense. But in this situation, I thought both players should have been sin-bin. I couldn't believe that they missed the Dylan Brown incident. Um, I I could almost see a world where that's a send-off. I think he deliberately led with his knees. He caused a serious injury to Drew Hutchison. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know whether that's overkill, but... It took Drew Hutchison out for the rest of the game. It was deliberate. It was lazy. It wasn't needed, and it caused injury. I don't see how that's any different to a swinging arm that breaks someone's jaw. It was knees that broke his ribs. That that's my opinion. I, the new core a one, uh, like in the, our current. I guess situation and where we are philosophically with contact to the head and HIA concussion, Mm. that contact to the head was always going to be... was going to come under some scrutiny. I do believe that Nurekore was in a position where it was going to be hard to get that left arm extended out and wrap. Uh, But then again, he made contact with his shoulder into Tedesco's head. Did Tedesco contribute to the position that he was in by dropping? yes. But for a fan, your layman's fan on the lounge who doesn't understand all that technical mumbo-jumbo, it's contact with the head.
2: Yeah, and he's got for it for the mums and dads that
0: are going to put kids into junior footy, uh, this goes back to what Trent Robbins said on Anzac Day, there needs to be a result on the field for behaviour. Yeah. Because those other people aren't following, you know, the armchair fans and the, and the part-time fans and the mums and um, the, the kids and the part-time, I guess, fans of our game aren't watching judiciary hearings on a Tuesday. They want to see consequences for actions on the field. And I think the teams who are offended, as in the Roosters here, where they lost two players and, well, they didn't lose to and I'm think i not sure whether he went off for a HIA, but he was hit in the head. They were fouled twice and neither player was in They gained no advantage. They had a player leave the field because mm. of two acts of foul play. Like How we still allow a team to be disadvantaged by two acts of foul play by the opposition is it tells me that we've got a long way to go before we get to some you know, sort of neutral status in advantage, disadvantage for foul play.
2: And again, just the overall disconnect, changing of rules constantly, changing yeah. of standards. We've seen, like we said, a ramp up in the headshots, and that's probably the point to make there. Even with the neo one, do I think it was the worst one I've seen or was there some things that contributed or led to it? But it, yes, shouldn't, but be. it shouldn't be compared. Then when you see like feeder stick the arm out and yeah, he slapped him in the face, but it was just a loose hand. You got... Radler the other week getting down great like this, just way too much inconsistency for all these changes. There was an edict given out by the commission the other week that they wanted to see more ruck penalties and people yeah. getting sent to the bin. That didn't really play out to fruition this week. And you've got Graham Esley saying this week that the bunker, the officials, the commission, everyone so needs to get on the same page because right now it's all way too far apart. And part of that is probably like we've said again, we keep moving the goalposts, we keep bringing new rules, we keep changing things. So for as much good as I think Volandis and the Commission has done, <laughs> at the same time, we've probably tried to bite off more than we could chew. And for the time being, unfortunately, when you introduce so many changes, there's probably going to be some errors on the way, unfortunately. But how consistently it's happening and stuff like that that has an effect on the result, the Roosters, despite being down troops, that would have been a massive turning point in the game. They didn't have a whole lot of possession. They lost those couple of guys. Radley went off early. I'm not saying they win, but 31 to 18, given the players they lost, and I think they said that was their lowest possession count in almost a decade. They had 37% for the game. Those two guys getting injured and potential sin bins there would have been a huge swing in the momentum for the game, considering what happened to their players. Yeah. Um, so, how, with all those replays and then the stuff up to go at halftime and tell him, oh, yeah, by the way, he's on report. Yeah. Now. Well, by the so, time everyone
0: listens, to this is going to be done.
2: Yeah, over a million times. Yeah. But I think the key message here is we don't want to keep talking about it every single week, but it just seems to keep occurring. Referee, bunker inconsistencies, it needs to get cleaned up and cleaned up faster. That's for sure. Tackle three, uh, there's been a couple of things that have sort of dragged on for a few weeks, but it's impossible not to talk about it because more keeps coming on the back of it or more keeps contributing to it. But the Raiders' situation, uh, it just keeps getting worse. It's now five in a row, I'm pretty sure, and they've led every single one of those games. So you obviously...
0: Yeah, has, second half capitulations. Yeah,
2: and the, the the numbers speak for themselves, 93 points to eight.
0: Yeah, as, as much as pe- people are trying to say it's it's dressing room, it's fatigue, it's it's their edge defence. Their edge defence is horrendous. Mm. And others uh, are saying they, they haven't they, trained
2: hard enough. I'm like, mate, nah, trust me, everyone's trained enough. That's not, not that. an excuse.
0: They're just not making one-on-one tackles. They look a little bit disconnected on their edges. Go and look at all those tries; They're fairly simple.
2: And we spoke about it just before, I said, you, the last one that Ponga got to Braley, I'm dumbfounded and it's simple attitude stuff and simple defensive. All of them. On the opposite side of the play of the ball that we call the negative side where the ball doesn't go, you need to stay up or at least tidy with your line. Ponga gets across two to three plays, stops, props, comes back to where the play of the ball was and the whole negative side is not up. standing five metres yeah. off. So that's what gets him into the space to get between the two players to pass the break. Their
0: attitude's off. The defense's attitude. Goal line D signifies the toughness of a team. They're, just, they're, they're not playing tough footy at the moment.
2: No, nah, and I think, like you said, I'm not buying in to the off-field, but there's definitely some things going on more particularly. Yeah, and I don't with, know. No, nah, but more particularly, I think, with said. senior players, that you like you said, I think he's made a couple of guys accountable. They're not liking it. There's a little bit of discontent with a few hard decisions that he's probably had to make. I think it's not good that stuff's leaked out, and I'm not going to say it is what it is, but we all do know that he's fairly close with... Kenty and a couple of the guys in the media. So it does seem convenient that a lot of this information seems to get put out quite quickly. And then they were backtracking on the TV the other day. And you got John Bateman, which, again, the journos know how to feed the fire. They get a quote from him saying, well, all the stuff last year that was coming out left, right, and centre certainly wasn't coming from the playing group. Where do you think it's coming from? So more to the point of what I said last week. So what's he insinuating that Ricky's... I like think he's talking about the club in general or where it's coming from, but I'm more getting to the point that... But even still, like, you're not there. Just You need to no, pull just. Yeah. So tell it for what it is then. But you need to pull it all in, get everyone in, deal with any of the issues, which I hope they tried to do last week. They started off okay, obviously fell apart in the second half, but I go back to the same thing we said last week. You've got to bunker down. All this noise has to go mm. away. They need to win football games. Everyone needs to stop talking. But I just thought just after another loss, the last thing they sort of needed was another person throwing, you know, an arrow under the fire. And even though he's across... Uh, you know, the Ocean right now in a different competition. He only went last year. He's still got links with the George situation. I think he even mentioned that from memory today, saying that if someone's clearly unhappy, you're better off just letting them go. So um, they've got a fair bit going on within their four walls, but the only thing that's going to fix it is winning. Mm. And this week they play the Bulldogs. If they can't win this week, then there's going to be a real problem. There's going to be drama, yeah. Huge problems if there's already not right now. So uh, a couple of injuries out of that game also not helping Sutton. To Piner, I think Rapana may have came off with a bit of injury at the back end. So they already had some issues uh, with some guys. I think Croker and Hodgson are possibly back this week. Haven't looked at the list yet, but they're going to need some troops because things are starting to take a turn. So keep your eyes on the Raiders situation. Tackle 4, speaking of club situations, I don't know how the Sharks fans are feeling about the hiring, firing situation right now, but uh, it's not looking too good. That place is well and truly on fire. Everyone... Saying that the Fitzgibbon situation, the decision, that's what's going to get us players. We're going to be able to sign people. We're heading towards the future. It's not going to have an effect on the group. We saw them put up a fight for one week. Then they had the massive upset to the Bulldogs. They copped 40 from the Storm, 48 from the Panthers. Reynolds is now leaning towards going to Brisbane because they couldn't get that deal. Under wraps, uh, years were similar, but now Brisbane, they're, taught that they're willing to offer a little bit more money, potentially a fourth year. The Sharks have tried to rebuff their offer today. Toby Rudolph, who's one of the guys they really want to get under contracts, talking to the Bulldogs. Uh, they've got Talakai Tracy, a couple of guys under contract, but <clears> looking at this situation right now for a lot of journalists and a lot of people that are sitting there saying this is the right thing to do. You know, he's a, a big name and this, that and the other and John needs to learn a bit more. It's like John's experienced the fire. Salary cap pressure, blooding all these players in, guys that aren't his and made finals two years in a row. He fired him, what we like said, for an unknown technically. who's coming from a great system and maybe a great coach. And then saying that he can sign players John Morris can't. Well, I'm not seeing a whole lot happening just yet. That's not a shot at Fitzgibbon, but the way the Sharks have handled this and the timing of it and how it's all working out right now, I'd be very worried. Yeah, it's mismanagement. Because if the results keep going this way and they don't get Reynolds... And Rudolph is looking elsewhere and the results keep flowing where, like I said to you and we talked about it, they've done this, they've given them out. Every man for himself, everyone's just trying to look for their own future right now. There could be more players end up leaving or not stay. They could end up missing the boat completely in the half situation where they've already told Chad he can leave as well. They might have to go back to Moylan or Johnson if they don't end up getting someone and trying to figure something out. Like It's not really a great situation to be in if I'm Cronulla. Mm. I think the board right now would be... Uh, shuffling in their chairs a little bit and then today there was talk they're gonna get Paul involved after his fight because he was a big part in recruiting players before and he's obviously got a bit of off field acumen that a lot of people don't know about in the business side of things. But I'd be very worried if I was the Sharks But what, with the, what this they decision. need
0: is players there that are happy that are saying to other players, Yeah come here, it's good. Mm. And you're not gonna have that now because you've had Morris walk out, you've got an interim, mm. you've got a casual teacher And a lot of guys like for that. the rest of the year. And Fitzgibbon's not there. So players are going to be a little bit apprehensive because Fitzgibbon's not there, so you don't know what Fitzgibbon's like. And as much as people say, oh, he's a good coach, or he's this, or he's that... Yeah, he's at the, the moment, he's to assistant them. coach. He's not running a program. It's very different. And a lot of players don't really want to jump in when they don't into the unknown that they, that they don't know. Mm. And they've still got... Plus, they're, they're not going well.
2: No, they've got they're, they're not playing contract. at
0: their own stadium. They're on the downhill run from a premiership. They're, they're more... Heading into a rebuild than they are an upswing, so it, they're just not an attractive club
2: well, to yeah. go to at the they, moment. They point. clearly thought the coach was the only problem with the kids that he blooded, oh, but yeah. I think they've completely missed the point. Like we said at the time, that
0: oh look, I, I do think I do think that players are more likely to go and play for Crefis given what they are, John Morris.
2: I get that, but
0: I, I do think that you would have had your current roster that's there now performing better if you kept John Morris. And in the end, your job isn't to win games in 2022. Your job's to win games in 2021. And they set fire to that when they... But this situation... This whole situation they could have just signed Fitzgibbon behind the scenes.
2: Yeah, they should have. And again, this... You kept it quiet. This has a direct knock-on effect to 22 and 23, though, because you do it this early. Things go bad. <laughs> Guys get apprehensive about where they're going and what they've done to Morris, start to jump off or are not keen to go. This could, like I said, end up being... More fuel to the like fire. If they got the to Bulls where Panthers. they are
0: now under Morris, I'd understand him going, Look, let's, yeah. let's go. We'll go to an yep.
2: interim. But they didn't. They torched it after a couple how of weeks.
0: Many, how, they haven't won a game since Morris
2: left, have they? No. Four Close one against well. Newcastle, a bit of an effort, and then they've been pumped. Lost to the Bulldogs in the upset, and then copped the 40 from the Storm, 48 from the Panthers this week. There you go. And like I said, halves off contract, lots of guys off contract, all those young guys they're trying to tie up.
0: Hannah hooked in on the weekend, so. And
2: things are in a real bind so like I said the board would be shuffling their feet right now not really I don't think the board
0: are happy with what they're doing
2: Well, if they're happy with this I think it might cost them some players that they were hoping would. yeah I agree with you but I do believe that they think they're doing the right thing possibly but the way they handled it I guess and how early they did it and like you said probably more how they played out but they should have brought it all behind closed doors and tried to do a bit more I was saying, Nathan Brown, Wayne better situation. Yeah, but they it's told like they him,
0: wanted external praise and external validation.
2: Yeah, well, that's the other thing. Kind of getting a bit of their own medicine. They sort of threw him under the bus, leaked some stuff out there and got some comments about why they were getting rid of him. And uh, now what's coming back seems to be a bit of karma, unfortunately. Yeah. So, interesting to see how that one plays out. If you're a Sharks fan, I don't know how you feel about that situation, but that's definitely one to keep an eye on. There's a long way to go uh, in the season, obviously. This week, I... Who have they got this week? They're playing South, so South are a little bit under man still coming off a massive loss last week. I'm sure it's not the week you want to run Wayne, Yeah, would definitely be looking for a bit of a response even with the troops out. So one to watch and tackle five as we move on. Speaking of South, a lot of people have thrown out there the old fifty point stat that yeah, once yeah. you've conceded fifty, you can't win the comp. Uh, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I thoughts. disagree.
0: Uh, there's eventually someone will break that. South had a stack out. Melbourne were white hot. Uh, South, I thought, lacked effort.
2: On the flip side of that, once no. the
0: game was sort of gone, I didn't think they fought really hard. Melbourne were Melbourne really good. Mm.
2: And I said this to uh-huh. you: oh, I think, I guess, the difference between your best and your worst, even when you're missing players, is the difference between the top tier sides. Like Penrith and Melbourne played, missing some players against one another earlier in the year, had a ripper of a game. Penrith went to Parramatta. Uh, sorry, Storm went to Parramatta, missing Finucane, Harry Grant. Played in the wet, lost my two points. Played South round one, as well. Missing players up against South Harry and Dale again, two Origin players. So you're comparing Murray, who's a lock, Reynolds, a half, Latrell at fullback. Yeah, but you're doing that. I'm not doing that. I, I, I think I, you're. I, I'm more. You my,
0: look at it through a Craig Bellamy lens. I'm more looking at, you at the issue of You the want players to be consistent every yeah. week. Wayne Bennett doesn't give a fuck about that. Wayne Bennett would. His only aim would be to finish top four.
2: I get that. And he'll
0: sort of just think, well, and then it's a four-week comp.
2: I'd be a little bit bothered that even if we do lose one or two spine players, they've got Benji, who's a really good backup. They've got Cody, who can slide different positions. They've still got pretty good depth. Yeah. and what do you think, and think it's one game? He caught 50 points. so That's more and one he's been out. telling them for weeks. Yeah. And I'm with you. I, I guess the biggest issue is just to go into a game where it's like, okay, a couple of these guys are out. and
0: That game won't worry Wayne Bennett later in the year. Just and it won't sick. worry their team. But So if they're good enough later on, they'll, they'll win it. The 50-point thing mm. it will be irrelevant. But it probably is more I mean, like you fish
2: said, me looking through that lens. But it's more the it is. excuse of, what, look at those few players. Wayne and... it
0: doesn't, he won't think about that at all. No,
2: but look at these few players. He'll actually, the
0: he'll actually, I believe he'll think their premiership chances are now stronger because they've been beaten by 50. That they've had that lesson and that kick up the arse. And I tend to agree with him. I, I think that was, that was one of the best things that could happen to South. Because I thought the three or four weeks before that, the Titans game, the Raiders game, they were just eking out wins. And oh, weren't defending real well. They, and They, they need playing to, get to be better, I know,
2: at the yeah. back end of the year, who want them to be better defensively and for playing 80. <laughs> and to, they will be. From week one where they played in understrength Melbourne and had the late surge but still lost to oh. having a couple out and copped 50. Like you know,
0: to, Are they in the top four? <clears throat> yeah. Oh, yeah. And there you go. That's The what difference I want between to the
2: top and the bottom, but I guess that I still think there's a split. But the
0: difference between that when it comes finals just yeah. doesn't mean anything. But I
2: also think the split in the top right now,
0: from right now, saying,
2: right now, but when you get the top four, first is as good as fourth. Penrith and Storm are putting themselves on a different platform, but yeah, interesting to see. I guess the other side, a lot of people are saying, well, now they should look at that game as to a, a big reason about Reynolds. Like, do you think Reynolds really makes a difference? He makes
0: a difference, but not fifty points.
2: Nah, and I don't think it makes a hell of a lot of difference when your forward pack. gets absolutely bent what over. What's the attitude?
0: It's, it wasn't about ability it was an yeah, attitude to me that
2: was drawing a long bow as well that this helps his case so I don't. I think it does,
0: does. it definitely helps his case yeah, well. but I don't I just don't buy into any of it but if, if do you think it actually helps of course it helps his case because he can go now to Mark and go well, look how much they got flogged by 50 when I wasn't there hmm. of course it helps his case but I I don't buy into that if I'm if I'm on the other end and I'm negotiating I go, fuck off not a chance you're going to get more money because nah, your team got more, beat by I mean, 50 but yes holistically everyone will go oh was out they got beat by 50 I don't think Souths is sitting there doing that, but... Souths aren't, because they're happy to see Reynolds go. Mm.
2: Tackle six to finish us off. Just the injuries and the introduction of the Level 3 COVID bubble this week. A couple of teams struggling to field. Players, we've already seen the Roosters struggling. The Dogs are now in that situation struggling for troops. And now you've got Parramatta. Oh, the Dogs are Even after through. the situation where they were told last week about the bubble, played their players on Friday who now have to be cleared to potentially... Yeah, well, everyone
0: was to told. Play. Like, I was... Well across all of that information, obviously, because it, it impacted us significantly <clears throat> at Mounties. Uh, it impacted all the Sydney-based clubs, NRL clubs, and the New South Wales Cup teams who were based in Sydney. Parramatta made a decision to go and play their players that night. Norse, who they played, pulled all their players out.
2: They've listed it differently on the website. So Jacob Arthur, who's been named at six for now, Raymond Stone in the 16, Lussick in the 18, Jordan Rankin. In the no, they should have, to, they should have uh, to
0: play the players that they had last yeah, week.
2: their selection subject to NRL biosecurity approval and compliance to all specified conditions. Uh, um, they're going to have to wait to see what happens. It does not mean they'll immediately be granted permission to
0: play. They, they were assuming that the lockdown was just going to... Well, not the lockdown. They, the restrictions were going to end on Monday.
2: Yeah. And they got extended. The players must immediately observe strict level three protocols, pass a yeah. COVID test before to departure to Brisbane. After they meet those two criteria, had their pants pulled down, they will still be subject to NRL biosecurity approval. So still no guarantee for Parramatta. But they rolled the dice along with, uh, I think the Bears, who are the roosters for No,
0: the Bears didn't. No,
2: they didn't. Well, that's a good thing. The Bears pulled their pants. They're very short on troops, so uh, that's probably worked out well. But yeah, I just guess again, we've seen. But some- has
0: it? If if they if they if they didn't get approval, the Bears are probably thinking, well, we should have played our players last week.
2: The swag of injuries again from the weekend. I don't, I don't
0: like it at all. Right? It's either you need to do this or you don't need to do this.
2: I don't like it. No. I don't know. The poor situation there from them in handling it, dealing with the communications now. they've A yeah, couple of teams, nine rounds in, even with the extended squads, development players, etc., and exemptions, there's a lot of teams that are Looking for troops. And then you obviously got the Melbourne situation mm. this week where a couple of guys out, one suspended, where they're basically putting a whole new spine in to go out and play. Canberra reaching for players, short on players as well. The Warriors have been dealing with they've been over here. They've got a couple back. But uh, I can't remember a season this early on where teams have applied for exemptions I had so many guys having to be caught up in their squads, that's for sure. So a mm. bit of chaos. But fingers crossed uh, this extension for a week gets us into a situation where the New South Wales government is happy. No surprise, I don't think Magic Round was ever, ever under threat unless players got it or something happened up in Queensland. I think despite all Palaszczuk's talk last year and toughness and the border lockdown and that, first thing she did is come out after things locked down and said, oh, we've been hurt financially, tourism-wise. It's like, well, duh, you locked everyone out while New South Wales is trying to operate and keep people coming and going to try not ruin the economy. So there was no doubt in my mind they were not going to affect the Magic Round at all. Getting the dollars in the tourism box, she'll
0: take the Tickets. cash, she's an imbecile.
2: So, there you go, that's where we finish up. Uh right, we've tackled six before we jump into our power rankings brought to you by the Penrith Solar Centre. Tackle your rising power bills head on this season with the help of Solar Energy. <coughs> the team at PSC are passionate about helping Western Sydney sin bin rising electricity bills for good. Find out how on Penrith Solar Centre's website. They could make you the real big winners this season, along with your family with quality solar solutions. Visit www.penrithsolar.com.au or give them buzz, 1,800, 29, 30. Brock, mate, your power rankings. What do you got? Number one, I'm pretty sure we know who it is. Yeah, Penrith. The Penrith Panthers ticking along another big win. The day after Melbourne had it rampant win, they got up 48 zip in front of their home fans. Number two. Storm. No surprise either. 50-zip against the Bunnies. Uh, Had, like you said, some players coming in out of the spine for the last few weeks and for the most part of this season, but not affected really so far. Two losses by two points against two top teams. Number three. Eels. Yep. Bumped them up to three as well. Good win on the weekend um, against a tough, resilient Roosters opposition. Number four. Rabbits. Yep. Left them there despite the uh, massive toweling, but... Uh, Like you said, I'm sure Wayne will be looking for a response this weekend. I'm sure we'll see one. Number five. Roosters. Despite the injuries, I'm still there with you. Uh, Like we said, Kiri was one thing all the players since and the performances they've put in, they've been absolutely outstanding considering the circumstances. Number six. Dragons. I've got the Manly Seagulls. Uh, The wins, the form, things have started to spark up. Tom's obviously made a difference at the halves. The forwards have lifted. Harper coming in has unlocked that edge. He's getting the ball to... Uh, Saab on the outside, really playing like an old-school, genuine ball So centre. Things are looking all right. Most of the teams have beaten, been in the lower tier. They obviously had the loss to Penrith, but uh, again, they've got a pretty good runner coming up, so I think they're going to rack up some wins. Brisbane this week.
0: Yeah, Number seven. Manly.
2: i have got the Dragons there. Obviously, uh, a couple of losses in a row, and things were looking a bit shaky. Poor first half on the weekend, but bounced back hard in the second half. Uh, and this weekend, they get Melbourne... In probably the most vulnerable situation, still not going to be an easy game, but they're not going to get a better opportunity. And number eight for you. Got the Warriors. Got the Warriors as well. Um, I guess led that game. Disappointing way to finish it, but again, chopping and changing. Troops been stuck in the bubble again this year. They've been a little bit up and down like a fiddler's elbow, but as compared to Newcastle's yo-yo, even though they've got the win, Cowboys finding a win, and beating a couple of teams around them or under them, you could slot a few teams into that spot right now. Like we said before, the top is... Well and truly above, and even at the top, there's a bit of a gap at the moment, but from 6 to 12, it's separated by two wins, and the fact that we're talking about Canberra still in this dramatic situation, they're one win out of the eight. 7th and 8th, are on 8 points. Yeah. So, mm. things are uh, very much log jammed in the middle, and whoever pulls their finger out might find themselves in a good position to find a final spot. But I can't remember such a cluster of teams just going back and forth on results. Mm. It's a huge log jam there from six to 12th, but... Jumping in the reviews of the games from the weekend. First two don't need a whole lot of review, but the Melbourne Storm up against South Sydney. uh, Light on troops, bit of feeling early, back and forth with some penalties and some heavy defense, but end of the day, South Sydney in the wet, completely and utterly struggled. They were poor. They completed 68%. Melbourne completed at 93, and they took advantage of all their weaknesses. They targeted Cody Walker in the wet with bombs. He made a couple of errors, and they had a very simple game plan when I was sitting there. uh, With Dad saying you watch what they end up doing, they'll get to Cook first, get two or three in, get a quick play of the ball, move the point of attack, go at Benji, go at Hawkins. They just kept shifting the ball, pretty much played like it wasn't wet weather. Yep. Worked off the back of their forward pack, picked on those guys, kept generating rucks and uh, they tore them apart all over the field. That left-hand side in particular, Nico, Hines, timed in nicely, Hughes and Munster, again, ran their own race and Harry was absolutely dynamic to the middle off the back of Nelson, Welch and uh, that forward pack, so you couldn't say enough and at a car grabs a six bag 71 years since that happened absolutely incredible and uh, Kevin Munster still needs to work on his goal kicking five from 10 50 zip yeah you summed it up yep that basically a training run it. yeah lots of errors, poor performance <laughs> and the only player of 100 meters from south was Cody walk obviously playing at fullback helps that situation but uh yeah Melbourne treated it like a training run like I so said got to those three points generate all their ruck speed and, yeah, wet-weather football to complete at 93% and still play good footy like they did. Incredible. I think they made three error errors for the whole game. Hmm. So, uh, great result. <clears throat> Put themselves into the top four. Uh, lots of players missing this week, so a bit of a danger game, I guess, in regards of just who they're missing. But with a forward pack in the back line, I still think they'll generate enough uh, go forward against the Dragons, I guess. The question is, can they be smooth enough uh, with the spine players they have got to generate points? A lot more pressure on Hughes this week if Papenhausen in particular doesn't come back in. For Souths, they get Cronulla. uh, Probably don't get many players back, but I'm sure Wayne Bennett was happy. He's been making comments for a few weeks, like you said now, and uh, he got a shot in the press conference, so that basically backed up uh, what he's been saying. So I'm sure he's happy, like you said, with the way that panned out and what he's been feeding uh, narrative-wise the last few weeks. Mm. So we'll see how they're going more in the back end when they get their players back. Panther Sharks, 48-zip. Uh, Another training run, realistically. Sharks are basically right now the closest thing to the walking dead. They're a soulless walking zombie that has no energy and no effort. And they were treated that way by a clinical ruthless panoramicite at home. Started from the get-go. Some of the shift plays, both sides of the field, the connections between the players. Um, We talked about it before, about their attack and how Trent Barrett Got a lot of praise, and I said last year, I think it's just ridiculous to think that it's all suddenly because of him. You've got ridiculous artillery, really good players, and Ivan Cleary in his own right uh, is a very, very good coach, and particularly on that side of the ball. If anything, they've gotten better this year, and you look on the flip side, when you have no cat on the Bulldog situation, they're struggling to attack. So it's not all just Trent, and I think they've grown a leg this year. They've taken obviously some of what he has, but I think Edwards has expanded his passing uh, ability he's getting better at summing up those two on ones and getting involved in those sweet plays it's not as heavy setting up to the right side to shift back to the left to Jerome. Nathan's playing more to the right and even more heavy on the ball. Coruscant set up fish in the middle. Burton and Lua are being parked on an edge together helps as well. Like they're just they're loaded across the field and they've got a genuine link man in the middle with Isaiah. Fisher, it's another training you
0: know, run mate. Yeah
2: Fisher Harris is intent from the start their forward pack all their players stains gets another hat trick. Yeah, what else do you want to say? Sorensen got a debut and another debutant on the way this week for the Panthers and Jermaine Hopgood. Life's good. They're pretty healthy and yep. uh, they've won nine in a row. Yeah, and the Sharks were soulless, lifeless. Yeah, I'm hooks. not going to talk anymore <laughs> about their players. Chad got hooked um, and overall just an ordinary effort and I guess the situation like we said here, they need to show some life and they need to probably more focus because they've torched the, the season on getting things sorted off the field and with their roster and their contracts. I think... If you're going to hook Chad, one thing I'm looking at here, if they're not interested in Keaton Johnson, or they are, <clears throat> get him playing. If you're not interested in keeping Moylan, you know, unless you're short of troops, well, don't pick him on the bench. You've got Tracy locked in now. Are they interested in Trindle, one of the better juniors they've brought through? Who are they going to give him a run? Mm. Like I think now you need to start working through these guys that are off contract that you're looking at here, because as far as I'm concerned, whether they want to admit it or not, their season's gone. I can't see it turning around. <clears throat> Trawl through what you've got there, what is off contract. If Moylan is 110% out of the picture, Gonskis, regardless of the fact they've let Chad go early uh, and they might be moving off Moylan, if you're looking at someone like a Trindle or is Tracy now going to become the backup halves option, not playing the outside backs next year, they've obviously got Muli Tarlow, Katara, a couple of guys to come back, so you can't see him playing on the wing permanently. I'd be more looking to start making some moves in regards to those sort of spots to figure out who's going to be on my roster. But, yeah, I agree yeah. with that. Roosters, Eels this was a tough game a very tough game and I think uh, and again more appreciation for the Roosters as much as people hate hearing praise for the Roosters under the circumstances already coming in very very well under man poor Sammy Walker just got hit from pillar to post in this game finished up <clears> with a couple of knocks and like I said earlier I heard the numbers live but I think they said at the end that the possession for them at 37% for the whole game was their lowest possession count for almost a decade so they contributed to that with some poor errors and whatnot, but given the troops, losing those two players before half time, we're given no reward in terms of 10 minutes in the bin or the 18th man. Uh, they were there right until the end, and I think you summed it up perfectly when we look at Parramatta and them taking that next level. When the Roosters got that try to bring it back within six, the Roosters got their tails up and thought, like, we're going to come get them here. Whereas you saw Parramatta getting wobbly at the critical stage, they ended up icing the game. Yeah. But you could see that, that reason why some people question whether they can be a genuine premiership Yeah, threat. they've got
0: to get the killer instinct.
2: Yeah, you've got the team <clears throat> already down on troops, lost a couple of guys, they're on the wobbly boot, and you let them get back within six. They need to develop that killer streak that you're talking about where Moses, Brown, and know Marnie was off the field, Guthson, etc. Get their forwards going forward. Just say, lay the fucking platform. Get us some quick play of the balls. Let's pick on Walker. Let's pick on the halves. You've got Hutchison off the field. There's got to be a weak point somewhere. They had Tukupu, uh, you know, Nafu, the, the debutant in the middle who Brown ended up getting that try in the end. Log. Just get that in your mind that we're going to shut this game down. We're going to ice it right here. Yeah, They got the wobbly boot, but in the end, they got the job done. They got the job done. Yeah. So a big win against a super tough and resilient opponent. And uh, I think Robinson, they said, was going to get fined. I think everything he said was on the money. So I don't really know you can get yeah. fined for speaking the truth, <clears> especially <throat> yes. with the way that things were handled. But for matter. Uh, like we said, doesn't come without its its own issues. Obviously Marnie got knocked out, so I'm sure he'll have to go through concussion protocols this week. And then you've now got the situation where we're treating the head knocks the way we are. So Murata's probably gonna look at it in a couple of weeks. I think he was up for two weeks maybe. Yeah. Haven't seen the charge sheet and then Dylan Brown I think was looking at minimum three. So they got the win, but at the end all the punishments didn't benefit the roosters and they've got themselves in a situation where they're gonna be missing a couple of guys this week. Nathan Brown possibly still injured, and then they played their plays like we said in Cup. So two or three guys they're looking to include in their squad may not be able to be included depending on protocols. So heading yeah. into Magic Round could be a little bit troublesome for the Eels, and they come up against the Warriors, who huh. I'm sure are going to be a handful. And hmm. um, They've been a handful for most, and they've been competitive. So it's an interesting week ahead. Yeah, it is. But uh, I think the other thing in this game... They got a lot of, not luck, I'm not going to say luck. You create your own luck, but they got a lot of tries off kick errors. Tap back, first one. Uh, sorry, one of them was Cardi picking up. There was one where he hit the ground and got shifted out to Ferguson. There was a nice try where Madison, <coughs> Guthson combined two long passes, hit Fergo out wide. I'll one up later on. But uh, in those games, like we said, against those Roosters and those better teams, you just got to find those tries. But I thought uh, a couple of their forwards, in particular, Paula. Paula had a big game. Madison looked good. On return, uh, you know, nice to see Brown ice that opportunity at the end and Moses was steady, Guthson, etc. But, yeah, just, I guess, getting that killer instinct. For the Roosters, hard to kind of single anyone out. They were under duress all night, but to prove the point with the possession where they got to, Nat Butcher, 70 tackles. Ben Marski, 69 tackles. Jarrett, after a couple of those injuries, had to play 65 minutes. Um, Sam Walker, clearly hampered, plays the whole game. He could have come off. I guess your only worry here is I'm sure you'd agree, there's no way they plan to play him for the whole year. The yeah. circumstances they're in have led to them putting a guy in who's a kid. <clears throat> um he's carrying some niggles right now. I'm sure they'd like to rest him if they can. They got Lamb back this weekend and possibly if Hutchison wasn't injured they they may have opted to try and get him out for a few weeks, but they're just not in that position right now. Yeah. So tough situation for the Roosters. It is. <coughs> they, yeah, it's just relentless run. Yeah. It's uh Another win for Parrot. They march on. The Roosters uh, potentially another player out. They get Satilli and a couple of guys back, hopefully, this weekend. Uh, Cordner coming back around 14, so he's still a little bit away. And probably some bad news. I'm pretty sure I saw that TJ Perrano re with the Rugby Union. So yeah, that option yeah. for nine, which was desperately needed, uh, is now gone. I'm not sure how much they can do in the market. I saw they've already put up, as we mentioned before, Young bloke by the name of Thomas Deacon who was playing SG ball. He's gone all the way to New South Wales Cup already. So that's mm-hmm. a very quick elevation, much like Joey Lussick last year, to try and cover that hole that they're dealing with. And it just seems to be the story of the year. Yeah. So. Newcastle Raiders, uh, what do you say about this one? Just another one of those games where they're blowing a lead. Felt like they had majority of possession. <clears throat> opportunity, first half on Newcastle. Couldn't really come up with some points. Newcastle turned out defensively, a bit clunky from the Raiders, and they missed those opportunities as things progressed on further. They took those couple of penalty goals, which is probably a tick in the box if you are Newcastle, um, from absorbing things, but finally <coughs> got themselves into it. Tapine cross and Rapana, cuts back infield, late, nice shift play from George Williams off the scrum, <coughs> off a nice kick where he got an error to get to Bailey Simonson, 16-0, and then the second half, Newcastle just came out and put their cards on the table. Short kickoff started to play a little bit more small ball, heaps of second phase, tired the Raiders out. They had their own chances up the other end. Jack was held up. Uh, There was a kick play there where Aikens knocked it on that ample opportunity to find some points, but don't score a single second half point. And the Newcastle Watchers came after him. Ponga was huge. A lot of those, like we said, switch plays and get back through. Mitch Bartonette had a massive second half. He was involved in plenty of good carries, offloads. Braley had a big influence on the game. The two front rowers, Frizzell, And it was a really good win again for another team that they've been up and down, but they've had some injuries, they've had constant changes, mixture to their spine and pressure, and um, both these teams under the pump. Newcastle come home, (coughs) the better.
0: Yeah, they did. Yeah, so it was a strange old game, game of two halves. But uh, as we said, they (coughs) previously they just the Raiders' edge defense was horrendous. Yeah, horrendous, and they they just long periods of possession, Newcastle again, just had that, they got a sniff and camera just
2: couldn't stop them. Like we said, negative side players with the ball travels to the open, three or four players over, swap back and the Lions five metres back and passive. Ponga pokes his nose through for that last try. Some of the Barnett offloads and the sweet players in second phase where guys have already retreated five metres and they can immediately get positive ground or isolate players. Connor Watson been able to drift out of dummy half while they're on their line to get across three players or two players to get to Tom Starling and play short the Phoenix Cross and like, there was bad signs with goal line D, edge D. There's a lot to work on. Yeah. It feels like we're talking about the Raiders when we used to talk about them prior to so that two- or three-year run where we used to say they can attack, but they can't seem to win a tough game. They don't defend well on their edges. They don't seem to be in sync. And then, like we said, there's obviously some noise about the off-the-field stuff, but it's just not good enough. Um, and for the night side of things, we know, like you said, it's been a tough couple of weeks and they're dealing with a fair bit, but I must say, I've been heavily critical in the past of Callum Ponger and needing to step up and be a leader. I think in this run of tough games, whether it's been wins or losses, he's been the best player. And that's what you need to be if you're going to be a marquee guy. Yeah, I agree. So, good effort by him, Braley. Uh, as we said, Barnett freezing the two front rows. So, good result for them. Uh, hopefully a little bit of pressure and hopefully some troops coming back soon. <clears throat> Titans, Tigers, uh, let's be completely honest, you guys definitely don't struggle with attack. And I think we've spoken that multiple times. But defensively, again, <laughs> If I'm Holbrook, that feels like a loss. I don't know. Nah,
0: they they've got some shit calls like the Titans. Yeah, I know there's I some shit calls, but I heart. still
2: thought there were some bad tries.
0: Yeah. They've
2: got to win. To be ruthless um, and go on with it. and they, they definitely scored some nice tries, like we talked about. The first sort of shift play that was a no try I thought was good to Don. The left hand side there where they got across and Boyd put a nice kick in some things up because the players were in field for the winger. The kickoff try was a good one. Don't say that often enough where too many players are inside the post and they just throw a nice pass over there and Brimson goes coast to coast. Um, there were some good signs. I thought Boyd was pretty solid linking up with Fogarty. Yeah. Did his job. Tino being back obviously helped out. Fafita had an impact on that edge. Playing with Boyd who he played at high school with and, and Brimson was absolutely outstanding. <clears throat> but um, for the Tigers side of think they had a chance to redeem themselves from the Tommy Day at Leichhardt where they'll boot off the field. All the fans complained that they didn't wear a West jersey. They got their West jersey. They were out in Campbelltown in the heartland uh, where everyone says that's where they need to go, that's where they need to play more football. And quite similar to the Sharks, I thought, for the first 20 minutes, someone needed to bust out the defibrillator or an EpiPen because they were lifeless. They were bullied off the field. They dragged themselves back in and scored a couple of tries. But um, in the second half, obviously, things blew out. And defensively, again, they were quite poor. Picked apart in that regard and... um, Cheney, who had a very, very good week last week, unfortunately didn't have the greatest night under the high ball, as, as a lot of guys did have a great night, obviously. Um, and it seems to be the same few names every week for the Tigers. I think mean, Dewey's been trying really hard. Laurie's been good, um, but overall, again, how many things do you want to bring up? You know, it's the coach's fault. It's this. It's the group. The group just don't have the good... best
0: thing that the West Tigers could do is sack Madge. To and, Madge,
2: I bet say they'd be doing Madge favor because and he's then,
0: just. Dealing with a playing group that just aren't up to it. And, uh, He's too good a coach for the playing group.
2: And I don't know, like we said before, how, how it gets fixed, because it seems to just be, regardless of who they roll over or who they bring in or what they bring up, um, that culture seems to transfer, and it seems to exist for a few people all the time. And yep. It seems really, really hard to break the cycle, and we talk, we went through it the other week with the board situation and people looking out for their own job. Just There's a lot tied into it, but... Yeah, I don't know. If uh, if he moved on from there, I'd like to think that he'd be considered at some stage for somewhere else. Does he probably need to expand still a little bit on his own side of things? Where he, I guess maybe even the assistance he's got with him, the style of play, changing from those years he has that intensity. I think all that's well and good, but I think if he ever did move on or if he doesn't right now, <clears throat> I think for one of the first times in his career, he's going to relinquish some of the control. I think he needs to get better assistance. Mm. Um, I think he likes to do everything his own and he's that sort of personality and that's all well and good and he's got some guys there that he trusts and obviously uh, can get to do a little bit of a role but I think he needs to get in probably someone who's a bit more modern with attack and defensively, I know that's his strong point but again, bring in another young guy, get someone in on that side of the ball, coach him up on that. I think he needs to probably hand the, the attack over completely Yeah, to somebody who is a future potential NRL coach. but. Again, we could spend... Well, he
0: moved Andrew Webster on, he's now at Penrith, so... Yeah, and
2: he was... Who's now doing their attack. Great defensively, his... but yeah, we talk about, like I said last year, everyone's saying it's Barrett, it's Barrett, it's Barrett. Well, I think their attack had a few little bits Tweaks. and pieces just added to it, and again, that's coming from a guy who was mainly defensive, so... Mm. Again, difference of cattle, difference of culture, difference of attitude, but... Um, <clears throat> the late surge, obviously not enough. Titans get a win. Good times. And you head into Magic Round... You guys got Sunday so against the Panthers. So yeah. uh, that's a huge test. And for feeder I think they're fighting that charge. tonight as well.
0: He got he got done.
2: He got done. <clears throat> two weeks. Wow. Well, Which really, is a fucking.
0: It's an absolute joke. He got two weeks. Well, again, I know they. It was cracking. a fore. It was a forehead slap. It was a bitch slap. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. He got ten in the bin, and uh Dylan Brown stays on the field. Yeah, well, like we said, the Marada one. And what's Dylan Brown's going to get? Three weeks, and. David Feer got it sin bin and got two weeks. Slap in the face. Fuck.
2: It just beggars belief. And the other week we talked about Latrell, Momorowski, Radley and the three results there, which were all, yeah. And then like Gus Good, I said, oh, he brought one up. Manu scores in the that game. Tarek shins him, but the fact he breaks through, hits the ground, gets up and scores, nothing gets mentioned (sighs) of it. But if he doesn't score and he lays down, he probably gets two weeks. So good luck figuring that one out. Cowboys Broncos. Nine 8, eighteen, It it was the Cowboys Broncos game of old. It's a good mm. game of footy. Yeah, it was. Really enjoyed it. Uh, the fight was there. I'm, if I'm Kevin Walters, I'm definitely happy with the intent, but obviously the result was not what we wanted. And especially in the first half, they kind of traded blows early. It was back and forth, plenty of feeling. But I thought at the back end of the half, they had the better of possession, territory, opportunity. The Cowboys, I thought, did really really well, particularly defensively, holding off. They battled and defended their goal line for the majority. Late on, they got Kennedy in off a nice little change of angle there where he crashed over. But second half, uh, things steadied a little bit. The Cowboys came back out, found a try through Lemilu, And then later on, Arthurs, and they seemed to be in control again at the back end of the game. And Just uh, when you thought it seemed to be going in the Broncos' favour, the couple of guys that Peyton had issued those challenges to stepped up. Mm -hmm. Jason Tomololo comes back. Had a really, really big game, great impact on things. Jake Clifford, who he dropped, comes in, responds very well, has a great game, kicks well, passes well, really controls things, gets the try, they find the goal, and then Valentine Holmes, another one who he's challenged, comes up with the critical play, the field goal. So if you Todd Payton, like we said, probably go. probably could have spoke less those first few weeks, but he's getting the response he's looking for.
1: He's yeah, rolled right some moment, guys
2: right. in, um, you know, Condon and few of the other guys that he's got into play, Robson seems to be playing better. Even Granville and a few of those guys are starting to play some okay footy. Tulagi, Drinkwater, who's now re-signed, along with having Chad and Deirdre on board. So you'd expect, like we said, Chad's going to be more there as a mentor to some of the young guys they've got coming through the system. Yeah. Um, I know Clifford's heading to Newcastle already, but obviously he's doing a good job there. The fact that he's been able to drop him, bring him back in, even though he knows he's moving on and he played the way he did. So, great win for them. They've obviously had... uh, four or so in five weeks now and guys all around them or teams in that bottom end but you've got to win plain and simple and they've been doing it so nothing better than winning a derby game and sure. for the Broncos a bit of heartbreak been playing some better football the last few weeks but the probably would have hoped to have banked a few more points the back end of that first half when they had dominant possession and then second half had some chances again but just couldn't get the job done but really good game of footy yeah and I um, I guess like we said, those few big names and that try from Felt. He must have Velcro on his hands. When he stuck it out, I thought, I thought it was like a regrip because he dropped it, but he found the body and then he just flung it over the other side and everyone's using Specter Gadget as the reference, but uh, stuck that arm out and obviously found the trial and So for them, good result again. And uh, Magic Round, who are they up against? The Roosters. That'll be Belter. And they're missing some troops. That used to be a good game back in the early like sort of two mm. thousands, late two thousands there when they both had good sides. So yeah. maybe a bit of a flashback, but you're not, again, you're not going to get a better opportunity with the way that they've been playing and playing a team that's beaten up and a bit undermanned. So good result for them and the Broncos uh, doesn't get any easier. They've got Manly who have obviously been in red hot form. Not the greatest result against the Panthers, but besides that, they've uh, touched up a few sides. So they'll be coming in red hot. They generally like playing up there. So uh, interesting game, but yeah, coming in hot. Another week with Gamble and Milford. I guess that's probably going to be more of the combo he pushes with forward now that Dearden's gone and Croft uh, seems to be on the outer. thought Farnworth has been outstanding. Um, Lodge again. Didn't start the year the best, but I thought and Haas had pretty good games again. There was a couple of guys that were pretty solid. But um, <clears throat> yeah, I guess just more losing is one thing, but if they're going to play that, with that sort of attitude and intent and effort most weeks, they're going to be in some games and they will win some games. So yeah, they will. I guess for Kerry, just uh, keep pushing and heading that direction. Uh, what do we got here? Manly Warriors, 38-32. What did you think about this one? Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments.
0: They were a little bit slow, particularly the back end of the first half. The Warriors shot out to a lead, but yeah, it was was just one of those back and forth type games. Warriors had a chance to sort of even it up at the end and Manly probably come up with the bigger plays at the more important times, but um, yeah, I thought this was an entertaining game of footy, that's for sure.
2: I think probably the big thing for both sides is just working on defence. Warriors probably too easily beaten on edges stripped and picked apart, and it probably doesn't help when, like we said, they've had some injuries and they've had some changes. So Pompey's obviously swapped to one side of the field now. Ken and Fussy Tour have been in and out. The other edge now is Rocco and Cozy, who have only played two or three games between them. Uh, Brown also took some fault at the back end from not getting Walsh into the game, or the way he used Walsh and that hmm. set up. And I guess that's hard right now. You've still got Roger. You've got to use Roger. You've got <clears throat> Nickarima and Tamir Harris who have combined pretty well. Walsh is technically going to be fullback next year, so you're probably not going to drop one of them to play him in the halves right now, but it, I don't know where you play, mm. unless they go back to what they did with having Roger on a wing and him at fullback or somehow find a way to play him in the centres of the wing. I don't know. But like Maybe Cozy's wing he plays there. He's probably not a big enough body, but uh, I can see what they want to do. They want to have him in the side. They want to grow him while they've got Roger there and those guys, but he's probably also looking at the halves that he's got right now and thinking that's my halves moving forward. So Tavita Harris made a good return, I thought. Played pretty well. He was good, yeah. Nicarima had some some nice moments in attack. Tohu Harris was actually outstanding. Plenty of offloads and played a pretty good game of football. But for Manly, I I guess the big turning point, like you said, was Nicarima skips cross field, has the chance there just to play short. I think it was the Rocco Berry chose to throw a cutout pass to hit the deck. They knocked it on. Manly go the other end of the field and score. Yeah. And then there was just a run of points there after getting to that twenty twelve lead, where I think they got to 30-20. They conceded four or five in a row. Mm. Tommy Travoy, 100th game, absolutely massacred them. Two tries, <clears throat> five line breaks, three line break assists, four tries, his 235 meters, eight tackle breaks. Like Again, said it the other way, you put down a lot to an impact of one man, but it also has to be all the other players around him. I think he's obviously unlocked Cherry Evans. His kicking game is better Passing options obviously have me out the back. Takes pressure off him. I think Croker's come along nicely at 9 Their forwards, even missing a couple this week. Done a really good job. And getting Harper in there has really unlocked that edge. He's very good defensively, and that was more what he's known for. But he's literally a genuine old-school centre. He is there to service the winger, not to be there to be a strike player. His catch pass, the way he squares up. There was one time there where the winger turned out. He went and scored. There was another time where he created the space, flicked the ball. Saab goes in. Saab obviously scores a hat-trick, big beneficiary of the damage that Tom created off a lot of those nice plays that he had. One off the ruck when a man was down, <clears throat> crash in, out the back of the sweep plays, playing short, playing long, play five, picking numbers, trying a nice cut-out pass. Uh, the play with Jake, that tuck-in play where you sit behind them, pop out, and they split the halves. Like He was incredible. I, I know a lot of people are saying already form-wise, he's probably been better. Then uh, you know Tedesco, and you should pick him as a one, like all this kind of stuff. And I probably go back to what we've said before in the regard of people saying he's better, he's a better player, he's a better player. Well, potentially he could be a better player. And in some of the games he's played overall, he's sitting there going, "Well, he is a level player, but he hasn't been on the field." Mm. So it's nice to see this run. But I guess we need to see a whole season. I'm not saying the performances aren't outstanding. He probably has even more impact. Like it, it's it's been improved with what he's doing and the way they've turned things around. But can he play a full season? that's the question yeah your best ability is availability it's not about talent size and the pack like compared to Tedesco the whole package yeah he's a freak he's about 6 foot 4 6 foot 5 he's a naturally good ball player he's a good ball runner he's big he's physical he sums things up he's got vision he's got football he's got everything mm. but he's been very injury prone so you're always worried <clears throat> and then seeing him at half time getting a massage on the table for his hamstrings you just don't know when you really don't <coughs> my apologies uh, a bit of a throat issue and a bit of a tickle. But uh, for the Warriors here, I guess, when you get to 20-12, to 12, that 12-point 12 turnaround on that Nick Arima play, getting pulled apart on the edges and just that glut that went against them, they made a late run there, found a couple of tries off a, a kick drop and then Walsh just pushing up off an offload, 38-32, but too little too late. Mm. So unfortunate, but good game of footy. I've enjoyed watching the Warriors this year. They've been involved in some good games. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, the Manly Seals, four mm. of the last five. Coming along nicely. Dragons Dogs 32 12. Uh the first half, half was a bludger. <clears throat> I don't think much else can be said. <clears throat> Apologies again. Second half, come home strong, seemed to build a little bit of confidence there. Ben Hunt had a big hand to play in a lot of things. Couple of play fives there. Showed open, jumped to the short side and threw a nice pass. Uh they played off there. The tip back inside, obviously the back end of the first half there with Dufty in. They just sort of went on from there. The cracking point seemed to be when Vaughn scored off that dummy half play where they tried to call for obstruction. Mm. What did you think of that one? They reviewed it and said that he's jumped out of the way and Thompson's basically just quit on the play.
0: Yeah, I thought it was probably (coughs) a fair call.
2: I thought, yeah, there's a bit of accountability there for once, which you generally don't see on those plays. Yeah, that's good. uh, From there, yeah, they just kind of went on with it. Hunt, like we said, and Norman linked up nicely. Dufty had his moments. He looked dangerous every time they kind of switched the play and went back to the ruck. The left-hand side to Bird, they played a lot there. He was good. (laughs) Um, And the Twins on on debut now. Both Fee guys have played. He got to try and debut. And then Junior Amone, or Talitao Amone, as he wants to be known now, gets a debut laid off the bench, scores on debut as well. Yeah, Played an SG ball group final only a week ago. so Shows you how stuck
0: their SG ball team was.
2: Still got Jaden Sullivan, who's not playing, but between him and Amone, I know Hunt is there now, and Norman, they may keep or may not, but they've got some really good young halves coming through. Amone's a six, Sullivan plays six or seven. Tyrell Sloan, another fullback. You've got Ramsey that has signed up. So, Dufty, like they say, is saying, oh, I don't have a contract, I don't have a contract. They've got a lot of good guys. They pushed most of that side straight up into Flegg. I think they're the only team that's beaten Penrith in Flegg as well. So, uh, there's definitely going to be some players coming through. But yeah, ugly for them. But I guess a win's a win after that bad little trot. So, yeah, <clears throat> good result for the Dragons. And probably good, like we said, to see Hunt, Norman, Bird. Vaughan, etc uh, a couple of those guys play well for the Dogs. I think the two guys were, were good, and we saw that. Obviously, uh, you know, struggled in all those general areas. Mm-hmm. Lots of missed tackles, quite poor in attack. But thought uh, Renoff, Renoff was pretty good. The strip steal for the trial was good, and he's one of the one of the only guys I think you can generate a bit of rush speed. Mm-hmm. And, uh Thompson, who's Thompson's by far and away the by best far guy. their best forward, very consistent. Um, you can see at times though he's very very close to doing something silly. I saw a hand on Laurie's face and a couple of things there where obviously losing and being in that situation is probably frustrating him a bit, but if you can keep that in check, and again, like we've said a million times with these off-contract players, we know they're going after some players. There's talk really, really heavily now that <clears throat> Trent Barrett magically had a meeting with Brandon Smith by coincidence while going to see Addo Carr. It's you know, guy who's got two years left on his contract, but let's not worry about that. Um, looking for some other forwards. That should be the priority. No more outside backs. No more looking for extra halves. I think between Averillo, Burton, and what you've got on board there, you need to get some forwards. Mm. And uh, if they are going to tamper and fiddle and push there for the Brandon Smith thing, they're going to need to come up with something serious if they want to get him out of there. Because Melbourne have made it very, very clear he's got two years to run, he's not going anywhere. Unless they get something in return. So <clears throat> if he wants him, they're going to have to come up with something. Yeah. But get into the market, get some forwards on board. Um, and things aren't going to get better until you've got some steady go forwards So. There you go. That wraps things up there. Let's jump into our tips and some bets brought to you by bluebet.com.au. Make sure you jump on the website, bet with Bluebet, or download the app today. Support them because they support us and our charity, Bears of Hope. Uh, I backed the winner the week before, so I had another crack on the weekend, much like you did the week before. I can't even remember what I bet on, but it didn't win. I know that. There you go. So there you go. I could look it up, but I don't have my phone with me right now. So, But unfortunately, it was a loss. Super. So we're on 296. I think we've had six cracks now. We've got two winners, so we'd like to be operating at obviously 50%, so hopefully we can get a couple, get ourselves back up above average, but magic round ahead. Let's see what we can do. And from last week, you tipped seven. You had a really good week. I tipped five. Gossip tipped seven. Roasty Dean, he tipped five, so now the leader board is Gossip 52, Roast 51. You're on 50. I'm on 49, lagging in at a good old last place, so there you go. Killing it for the fiends out there. And uh, Magic Round kicks off. Friday night, West Tigers up against <clears throat> the Newcastle Knights. And a little bit of a reshuffle. Expected a bit more. But Michael McGuire, change of spine. Do we to the centers? And by to 5'8", Little comes back into the dummy half. Simpkin back to the bench. Sean Bloor and Jock Madden have been named on the interchange bench. Yutukamaru is out in the reserves. Tommy Tower returns from suspension. Zach Sene goes out of the side, who's... Dream debut didn't turn into uh, such a great game in week two. And for Newcastle, Braden Musgrove has been named despite a rib injury. The Raiders uh, that he suffered, and Stafford Toa retains his place on the other wing after a late call-up to take the place of Heimer Hunt. With the same 17 retained, a much-needed comeback win in Wagga Wagga. Um, They're content with their bench. Edric Lee is still a few weeks away. He was talked about, but (sighs) this is a tough one. The Tigers, oh, Newcastle. up and down like a yo-yo. Newcastle yeah. were tough last week. I guess I'm probably just going to go more off the fact of the of the forward pack. Uh, I think right now in Crosslow, man, they've got two runners in the halves, but you got Ponga and Braley probably doing enough <laughs> to compensate for that situation. But looking at the forward pack, if Clemens Safeti play they did last week, along with Barnett, who had a huge impact. Fitzgibbon's back in there. Got a week under his belt. Frizzell, Watson off the bench. Um, I'm with you. Both on the Knights, if my pen would work. And uh, they kick off Magic Round. There's no Thursday game, obviously, this week. For a lot of people out there who are wondering about that. Double up on the Friday. And the odds, as uh, Dean said earlier. this is the one he's going to back. $2.55 with Bet for the Tigers. <clears throat> the Knights, $1.50 favorite, minus 5.5 is the line there. Manly Broncos, the second Friday night game. One for the locals to get out and uh, get excited about. Teniel Pasek has been named despite a couple of head knocks last week. He needs to pass the head knock protocols. <coughs> Pardon me. Tap will be back after coming back from his head knock. Sean Kepi back to the bench. Zach Sadler into the extended side. George DeFool drops out of the squad altogether. Curtis Sirin, still at least another week away from injury. For the Broncos, Pat Carrigan out for the year with an ACL injury. Tom Flegger moves into the 13. John Asiata comes onto the bench. And highly touted youngster Brandon Pyakura is named again. And uh, maybe a late inclusion, but we'll have to wait and see. With Carrigan out, a new captain. <clears throat> it's been handed to Jake Turpin. And uh, one of the more experienced options most people may have thought that it would have been a Haas or a Milford, Lodge, a Pengai, etc. But that's not the case. And David Mead replaces Copley on the extended bench where he's joined uh, by Canon Palasazio, who's only looking to play his second game in two years. Manly. With any of those changes, despite that, they're in red-hot form. With Tommy doing what he's doing, it's brought a lot of comments, like we said, back to the spine in particular. Cherry Evans taking pressure off the nine situation. They said that Carl Lawton's close, only a week or two away. They brought him for nine. That'll be helpful. And uh, I just think in particular that right edge, Morgan Harper, defensively has tightened up what's been a problem. They've got a genuine center there to feed a weapon in Saab, who's getting good football inside from multiple options, so... They're thirty six favourite with blue bet. $3.10 are the Brisbane Broncos, minus 8.5 is the line there. <clears throat> and then the Dogs kick things off Saturday against the Raiders, like you said. Raiders. If you can't win this one, Raiders. Yeah, there's going to be some drama. But for the Bulldogs, Kyle Flanagan is dumped completely from this game. Jake Avarillo, he goes into the seven. Brandon Wakem comes into the halves. Nick Manny moves to the centres with Corey Allen, who's expected to miss one to three weeks AC joint injury. Tui Katoa comes back into the wing. Dylan Napa's named to make a return from injury, with Arva dropping back to the bench. Ranoff Tony moves from the bench into lock with a swap with Corey Widell and Matt Dory is on the bench replacing off for Higdy Ogden for the Raiders. Rapana's out. Semi Valame comes in for his first game. Hudson Young moves to lock with Ryan Sutton out injured. Josh Hodgson returns on the bench from his calf injury alongside Dunamis Louis and Ryan James who are in with Topine and Saliva Harvill dropping out. <laughs> Jared is gonna have to wait another week. Why Nickel Klogstad will be back in six or seven weeks now, uh, with the fact that he ended up avoiding surgery. Both on the Raiders. No doubt about that. They have to win. If they don't win, things will definitely hit boiling point. And that'll be quite scary for the Raiders. And with Blue Bet heavy favourites, $1.14. The Bulldogs desperate at 5.50 with those changes, minus 15.5 is the line there. Sharks versus South Sydney. Speaking about desperate. Two teams that got beaten a combined 98-0 last week. One that's really struggling and plenty going on. The other won seven in a row. But we're looking to bounce back in a big way. The Sharks get Josh Dugan back into the centres with Ramien out for four to six weeks with a fractured eye socket. Another inclusion is Andrew Fafita. He plays his first game for the year in the NRL after coming back from reserve. Gave suspension. Uh, And Billy Magulius drops back to the reserves. Muli Talo and Katoa. Jackson Ferris, all outside back options, are still a week away from being healthy. For the Rabbitohs, Adam Reynolds has been named to return in the number seven. Benji Marshall back to 5'8", and rookie Dean Hawkins goes to the reserves. Tane Milne has been brought in on the wing, which allows Dan Gago to play in the center. Steve Masters will join Hawkins on the bench. And there's been movement the forwards. Liam Knight moves from the interchange to lock to swap with Jai Arrow. while Hame Sele takes Patrick Mago's place on the bench. Josh Mansour and Latron Mitchell are both due back in round 11. I think this is one, is isn't it the one? I
0: from not South until they show
2: me something. And they are showing absolutely like <clears throat> all at the moment. And the odds for this one, I think, are excellent. A dollar forty for Souths.
1: I yeah. thought this still would have
2: been a bit more lopsided. 2 dollars <laughs> for the Sharks. Minus seven and a half the line. I, I like Souths. Yes. I really do. Because like you said, I think Wayne would be looking The old at bounce lips.
0: back factor.
2: No. Uh, the Sharks, you, you want to bounce back, but being bounced by 42 each in a <laughs> row is not looking too good. Um, and we need to see something. Roosters Cowboys, hopefully, going to be a cragger, despite uh, the troops. <coughs> Apologies again. Roosters lock on the Lamb, he returns at 5'8", with Hutchison out with that brutal injury. Satili Tupinor is back from suspension in the back row, pushing Nat Butcher to the bench, and Tukuha Tupua to the reserves. Victor Radley and Sam Walker have both been named, despite HIA and shoulder concerns, with Joseph Swali again in the reserves. So, I guess, depending on what happens there, <clears throat> on standby um, Sawali I guess if Walker does have he had an ankle injury too in that game as well as a shoulder if he does end up missing you'd think they reshuffle him into play in the back line maybe move Manu into the halves and play him on the centre of the wing yeah I don't know um, but yeah it just depends who's fit has to be seen there's Even. a New
0: South Wales Cup game I reckon that Sawali could play in as well <laughs> Thursday so, night so if you're wondering about Thursday night footy there's a New South Wales Cup game, or
2: well, he's travelling with them, so he's not going to be playing New South Wales Cup.
0: I don't know. I'm going to have a look now and see whether he was named in that. Mm.
2: But tipping on this one, I think on the Cowboys side of things, sorry, unchanged from last week with that lineup. So obviously Holmes was good at the back. Jarved Bowen was in the centres. There was talk that this week, uh, you know, they'd have someone back to maybe I'll, push
0: him. I'm going the Roosters, man. Mm.
2: Drink water, Clifford. Hess has been better playing in the middle. McLean played a better game last week. Tamalolo back in. It's tough. Um, oh, yeah, it's tough at all. They haven't beaten a good side. They keep proving it. So I'm with you. I'll stick with the Roosters. You go with an own commodity, but should be somewhat like a home game up there, I guess. Oh, it's a long way away, but there'll be a lot of natives, I guess, interested to come watch. Yeah. But then again, it is Magic Round, so it's probably a lot more neutrals who've yeah, gone not, up. There. Not
0: named in New South Wales Cup. So New South Wales Cup. Thursday night Bears Magpies. That's your Thursday night footy. That's going to be live on Foxtel.
2: Is it? Yep. Oh, I'll got something to watch it. Yeah. That's all right. Good times. I think the Cowboys will give a good. That's what I was telling you, mate. Well, you Just go.
0: doing it for the fans, buddy. Free information. You could have
2: checked a bit of. Not bad there, mate. Maybe maybe hoops. We haven't had hoops tonight. Doing it for the fans.
0: There is a game. It is at North Sydney Oval. Seven thirty Thursday night. I'll be there. With my
2: pineapples. It'll be the premiership game for Thursday because <laughs> it, be. it is the only game it's on the only Thursday. game. So enjoy. They'll Nothing be coming off the back fence. Vintage Rugby League. North Sydney. Off the back fence at the home of Rugby League where the game started in yeah. 1908. Yeah. <laughs> good one, I like it. Fucking well done. <laughs> well done. But yeah, Cowboys unchanged. There are some good signs there. Should be a good game. But yeah, like you. Uh, I'll stick with the Roosters, but I wouldn't surprise me if the Cowboys won. I won't be betting on it though. But with Bluebet, a dollar are the Roosters heavy favourites despite a couple of clouds lingering. The Cowboys three sixty the line there minus eleven and a half. I think that's a fairly good start. That's two dollars. You, you could probably take that further if you wanted to. Yeah. Take it out 18 eighteen and a half or something. Probably get like a dollar forty, dollar fifty.
0: Well, take Cowboys plus eighteen and a half. Yeah. No thanks.
2: See what happens. Warriors, Parramatta. Sunday. This is the one that has the question marks, like we said, <clears throat> with the lineups as tomes of the Warriors. Ben Murdoch Basilla returns in the back row. Bailey Searing goes back to the reserves and the only change from last week. Brad Arthur has named his son Jacob to make his debut at 5'8 for Dylan Brown. Wonga Blake makes a timely return at center for the suspended Murata near Kore. And Reed Marnie and Nathan Brown have both been named with Sean Lane reverting back to the bench. Obviously Reed Marnie has to get through <clears throat> the head injury protocol. Ray Stone replaces Hayes Dunster. Joey Lussick and Jordan Rankin have been named as cover reserves, but as mentioned before, Lussick at 18, Rankin in 21, Raymond Stone in 16, and Jacob Arthur in six have all got an asterisk for selection subject to the NRL biosecurity approval and compliance to all specified conditions. As I said before, they're going to have to be cleared, tested, flown up, and then they still have to meet clearances to be able to breach the NRL biosecurity bubble. So there's no guarantee. Um, but two of those guys are in their starting lineup, so if they had to go and they couldn't use two more out of the reserves, it leaves them with Keegan Hipgrave and Hayes Dunster coming into the side. So you'd assume that they'd both just go into the bench. If Arthur's out, they're going to have to consider probably playing Cartwright in the halves from the options they've got there uh, on the bench, and then to have Lane, Oregon, Kafusi, Hayes Dunster, and Hipgrave on the bench if that was to happen. But We'll have to wait and see. I don't know. I'm feeling a bit of an upset here. I think this is a good opportunity for the Warriors. Yeah, so do I. I don't know, again, how this whole protocol thing's going to play out. But, um, yeah, I'm going to go the Sneaky. I'm going to go the Warriors. Uh, it could completely backfire. I'm not, I'm going the Eels. But, but,
0: yeah, I see, uh, see where you're going with it.
2: Losing those couple of players and the curveballs that have come up, it might be an opportunity to jump them. So, not confident, but just uh, I'm going to throw that one out there. I'm tipping like an absolute moron. So, Going to stick with it. Mm. $3 with Blue Bet for the Warriors. Parramatta Eels $1.38, minus 7.5 is the line there. And the two Sunday games to finish things off. The Melbourne Storm up against the Dragons. Huge changes for the Storm. Brandon Smith suspended. Harry Grant, Hurdy's hamstring. Cameron Munster out. Ryan Pappenhausen is named in the reserves, but I don't know if you'd bother playing this week with the changes. So Riley Jacks is at 5.8. Kenny Bromwich moves to hooker. Tui Mika moves to the second mm. row. Fanuka in the lock. Smoothie is on the bench as the hooker rotation. And Tom Eisenhuth back in for the Dragons. Ravalara returns on the wing in replace of Matt Fogai. And uh, Pouasifamasuli replaces the other debutante in Tomomone. On the bench, <clears throat> are you game enough, Brock? Nope. Neither. I'm sticking with the Storm. Despite, like we said, uh, the changes in the spine, which are obviously going to affect things in the way they play now. How slick they are. I think the forward pack with Jesse, Welch, Felice, Tui. Dale, uh, Nelson on the bench. There's probably not as much power because they don't have Tui and Dale or Tui and Cheese coming off, but I'm going to back the forward pack to do enough uh, to compete with the Dragons, and uh, they're going to try and win it ugly off the back of their defense. Uh, a lot of pressure here probably goes on to Hughes. He's been good, um, but everything falls to him this week, you guess, in majority of things as far as control. Kicking, mind you, Riley is a solid player. He'll contribute there. He'll defend well. He certainly won't let you down there, and Hines has shown uh, why he's not got breakaway speed. He's a big enough body, and he was a former 5'8", so he ball plays pretty well from the back. So
0: yeah.
2: added responsibility for those guys. But uh, Dragons, they found a bit of rhythm the second half last week, but big test even for an underman side. But as mentioned, Dean like this one as well, 5'75", big odds for the Dragons. If you like the outsider, that's that's probably worth a cheeky ten if you think they're a good chance. The Storm, a dollar fourteen favorite with blue bet, the line, 16.5. I think that side of things is a bit extreme. Um... It's a very good value there, I think. I don't know about you. Sixteen and a half enough? No, no, we're all
0: right. I just don't <laughs> want to play with it. Like it's, it's a shit game. It's a game you just don't play with the line. And, uh, Stay away from it. There's no value in taking that on the dragons at all. I, I believe. Just if you think they're a chance of winning, back, back from the win.
2: Yeah, well, like I said, if you like those odds, yeah. which are very, very good. If
0: you're going to back them with sixteen and a half, you're saying that you don't think they can win.
2: It's worth a tenner. <laughs> 575 that's big for the win for a team yeah, yeah for a team that's like, missing the if majority you want
0: of value fight. going back in for the win that's your value you I don't, yeah I, I don't want to be I don't want any part of them on either
2: yeah well to wrap <laughs> things up it's your mob up against the red hot penny panthers so really big test in that what's regard what's the start in
0: this one oh, uh, value on the titans at plus fucking 34 and
2: a half so ten avoid He's still in the halves. Both are more still at centre. David Vafita needs to fight that charge, but obviously... He got off. Uh, he got done. That wasn't the case. Uh, for the Panthers, Kirk Catewell's out for a week <laughs> after a HIA. Liam Martin goes to the back row, and Jermaine Hopgood, another debutant, joins the bench. Paul Momorowski is available after his three-match ban, but he's in the reserves with Matt Burton still starting. No surprise there. So who you guys got on the bench here? In the extended bench, he's got Jaden Campbell, Sam Stone, Aaron Clark, Sam McIntyre. <laughs> he's got Isan, Joelif, Sese, and Fotuaka on his normal bench. For is technically a back row, Masters at centre. So, you think the first move would potentially be move for Moore to the back row, move Masters to centres, or would you be more inclined <laughs> to leave Masters on the bench, leave for Moore in the centres, and bring someone else in the back row like oh, a Sam Stone? No idea. Because there's, there's not gonna it's not gonna be Herman for to acre or Jamie Joel if oh, that's for sure. No. So your easiest change is probably for goes to the back row and Masters goes from seven end to the bench and you bring for played in the centers yeah. last week I think. Yeah, he's named there again, but technically he's a back row. Mm. He got caught out a few times, but if you're moving Masters in off the bench, your options are Stone, Clark, and McIntyre. Stone can play in middle or in edge. Clark obviously covers halves utility. Uh, Jaden Campbell's there for a bit of a wild card. Or McIntyre, again, more a middle-type player. Um, Panthers. Panthers. This, again, with the way we talked about the defense of the Titans, this brings me grave concern. Because if they defend that way they have the last few weeks, despite getting the win, Penrith will do a lot worse to them than a couple of the other sides. It might be Manly-esque. Yeah. If they defend anything like they did in that game. But... Huge odds here on Blue bet with the Gold Coast Titan seven dollars dollar ten for the Panthers 19 and a half start um, yeah so magic round the last few years I think the matchups have probably been better uh, ideally with injuries and the way things are working out I'm still excited I think it's a great concept but if you were going up if I was going up there this weekend like we talked about I'd be filthy if all those Melbourne players were out and you're playing the dragons. Titans Panthers obviously a danger like if you're a Raiders fan they are going average and they're playing the Bulldogs there's a few good games here I, I like the Roosters Cowboys game the Warriors Heroes game could potentially be good but there's a few there I think could get ugly could get real ugly yeah so well, that's the comp isn't it at the moment yeah like we said the top is well and truly above and there's even a split in the top there's a huge group sitting in the middle and then there's just three or four drowning down at the bottom Yeah. <clears throat> but there you go tips those odds brought to you by BlueBet.com.au, our charity account. Bears of hope. Hopefully we can find a winner this week, your backup up boxhead So I'll let you have a think about that one. And, uh, yeah, thanks to BlueBet. Thanks to Penrose Solar Centre. There's no one better. Jump on. Get in contact with Jake and the crew there. And thanks to Dean from the NRL Roast uh, coming on and having a chinwag. Nice to have a chat and uh, speak to him a few more times throughout the year. But for now... Magic round's up and about. Like you said, Boxed, Thursday night football and Foxtel. They'll be showing that New South Wales Cup game, and then you load it up Friday, Saturday, Sunday for Magic round, round 10 of the NRL. We're approaching the halfway mark, and before you know it, we'll be talking about Origin. Mm. It's nearby. Teams are picked in two weeks, I think. Very, very mm. close. Uh, <clears throat> that was the interesting point today from the Melbourne camp with those two players that we spoke about uh, injury wise, that if. Uh, Grant and Munster are potentially just out until Origin, so maybe they just look at the next few weeks with the wins they've already chalked up, thinking we'll just see yeah, how we awesome. can Sorry. get to Origin because we know they're going to get picked, not play them and uh, deal with it as it comes. Mm-hmm. Probably two things to finish up on because I completely forgot. Xavier Coaster, Melbourne, didn't even mention it. That's the first time in a long time I can think of not an established player, but an up-and-coming rep type player moving to Melbourne. Good signing. But I guess on the flip side of that, how many people get poached from Melbourne? Plenty of
1: players.
2: Yeah. So we lost Suli to rugby, who didn't even play, on the Reds win the other night. And then you got Ado Car going, so they've lost two gun international centres or rep centre uh, Wigan Sorry, in the scheme of things. So to grab player like Coates for two years, uh, I think it's beneficial both ways. Clearly not a long term deal, but he's <laughs> sitting there thinking, I'm in a critical stage of my career. <clears throat> what better place to go for the next two years while I'm age twenty? And yeah, you'd hope that he'll be turning into a you know he's already a rep player and international. Hopefully by the time he's done at Melbourne and see what happens from there. And the other thing is just a point I touched on last week. Now that they've spoken, the Johns and Sonny Bill Williams situation, which a lot of people have been going on about, now that I've heard him say on air that their plan was to actually coach properly, take over, put time into it for the next couple of years in development, go to Arpia, go to Samara and actually contribute, like I said last week, if they got the backing and they are going to do all those kind of things and push on that side of it, I wouldn't have a problem with it. But I just found it a bit odd the week before suddenly throw out we're interested in coaching Samoa and then sort of iffy on the fact that they're leaking that, yeah, you know, there's some players that are saying they don't want to play for the coach and there's some problems with the cultural side of things and, you know, look at their record, this, that, the there. That was, I don't know, it was almost like throwing shade without throwing shade, just kind of leaving those out there to dry. But obviously they're saying that's the direction they're heading and that's what they're sticking with. But after he kind of backed that up, that was my main point. If you're going to take that job, it needs to be a long-term job. It can't just be a drop and wrong for the World Cup. Whether they're doing it for free or not or whether it means they get four or five extra players. If they're going to do that job, you've got to bend it for the long haul.
0: Drop and run, sir. Huh? Yeah,
2: well, how could you just go, oh, that team looks good. We'll get six or seven guys and we'll get the World Cup and see what happens. Yeah. So whether these rumours and everything they're releasing about Parish and supposedly players not liking and not letting them, you know, embrace their country, whatever it is, but the Samoan board was happy. And that's the way they want to keep going. It may cost them some players, but at the same time, are they that 100% sure that all these guys are going to drop playing for Australia? That's the other thing when I look at some of the names. I'm like oh, Papali, mate. Haas, Tino. There's a lot of guys there that play the for... The, is a pineapple. A lot of guys play for the, the uh, Kangaroos, and then you've got Lu- Luai, who's potentially playing for Blues. So he's going to play for the Blues, then skip playing for Australia, potentially, is he? In the World Cup to play for Samoa. I don't know. I'll throw it out there right now. I think there's a lot of guys there that, regardless of the Johns brothers and Sonny Bill Worms, that if Mel Meninger threw a Kangaroos jersey in front of them, saying you're in our squad for the World Cup, they'll oh, play for the Kangaroos. Yeah. So I... Like I said, there's a lot of bridges to cross, but the main thing I wanted to hear is if they're going to do it, are they going to buy in for the long term? And it sounds like they would, mm. but they were offered to help out or be assistance. Mm. And I understand their side on that saying, well, we're not going to be there yeah. to put hats down and not have an influence on it. If you're going to do it, you want to do it 100%. But mm. yeah, was waiting for that side of the story. Heard it and there you go. Looks like it's not happening though. So Plane. unfortunate, but... There you go. We've got a bit more information around that whole situation. But for now, as I said, everyone, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league magic round. Hopefully it's absolute corker. Stay safe and uh, hopefully you back a couple of winners. Have a good week, everybody.
1: Bring it on. Give us small. Give us small. Where are you going? Where are you... What's going on here? Is that it? Is that it?